I hate Super Bowl analysis. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, February 3rd, 2019. This is your award-winning Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1109. This is No Agenda. Trusting in the power of the goats and broadcasting live from the capital of the drone star state here in downtown Austin, Teos, in the Cluteo, in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the birds are dropping out of the sky. Well, not here. I'm John C. DeVore. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Please don't tell me you're going to start off with a hoax. Oh, the dead birds in the hay? <laughs> we got, now we got to play it so I can de-hoax you. Hundreds of birds have fallen from the sky in The Hague, the Netherlands, during a 5G experiment to see how large the range was and whether the new wireless technology... And, and what a fine outfit was uh, broadcasting this piece that you thought, wow, this this has got to be true. This sounds like a real mainstream outfit here. No, I am talking to you on the podcast about this report. Would cause any harm in the local area. News of the adverse effects suffered by the starlings was slow to break as initially. I think this is the same report they had for the windmills. I just added 5G, you know, like, ah, okay. And by, and by the way, yeah, the windmills, that's another thing. You know, when I was over there, I visited some of the major windmill farms. Mm-hmm. Did these huge windmills. There was no dead anything around those things. No. You no. think there'd be a feather. You think there'd be some feather or some bird poop, you know? Now there were dead birds in the park in the in the Hague, uh, but it seems like there was some poisoning of the birds. That's why they they forbid people from taking their dogs in for a while. Hey, the way I looked at it with the with the beginning discussing dead starlings, I was all in. <laughs> we need more dead starlings. We got them up in Washington State. Hey, can you can you just imagine if maybe 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 this five G can electrify and nuke the grackle problem we have in austin now that would be a benefit these birds they're they are creepy they have their own yelp page they do (laughs) yes does anyone have do you have a recording of them because they make a funny sound uh i can make one uh, I'll, I'll make one as we're walking by on second street and they're all in the in the because they oh, come yeah, take in, that load that little zoom Oh, that'll sound great in stereo. Yeah, that'll pick them up like a champ. Now, there's plenty of problems with uh, with 5G. <laughs> plenty of problems with 5G. I don't think the birds got nuked uh, by this experiment at all. We had one of our producers in uh, is in Canada, and I guess was it Canada? No, I got to think. One of the, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's on Rogers, and say so he has one of those phones that says 5G. Yeah, and uh, and so he did a speed test, uh, speedtest.net, I think, uh, in in town, and it was like you know half a megabit per per second. Went up to his home an hour outside of the city on four G, you know, sixty megabits per second. And this stuff is not quite. So it's working faster on four G. <laughs> of course. It's, yeah. I mean, the 5G stuff, well, we'll see. That, it's nonsense. There's no way they're going to get five. Whether they're bragging about five megabits per second. It no, will no. only take seconds to download a movie. Well, hold on a second. Now, this is the wrong. I, I just got to say, since you you bring this up, uh, my experience throughout the Internet, and I go a ways back, but also from the providing uh, access either to client servers or otherwise, and, and and it's not so much about speed. That's the consumer myth that's been sold to you. Like, oh, it's 5G. It'll be even faster. It's about the throughput 
And I have seen throughout my career consistently for anything, for any, well, of course, I did big websites for, um, you know, for Reebok and uh, um, Continental Airlines and Budweiser. But even when we were doing pod show slash Mevio slash whatever the hell it became, the fatter the pipe, the more bandwidth, not speed, the more bandwidth, the more media is consumed. And this, an, this is something important to understand with this 5G rollout. So if you're selling, if you just say you're selling ads and on whatever pipe you have, it could be a huge pipe. You make it bigger. It is just the law. It's the natural law of physics. You get more accesses and therefore can technically sell more ads. It's just a fact. Okay. So that would be a main reason for these idiots to try and, you know, push this forward. I'm, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's all that great. And there's health concerns, of course. And, you know, what it's really coming down to now is, hey, everybody, don't use Huawei, including Germany as of uh, this week. As the U.S. has asked uh, German providers to uh, get rid of their Huawei equipment for 5G, which there is some reluctance towards. Yeah, well, you spent the money. <laughs> it's very Huawei's expensive. Not take, it, take, it, take the gear back. Exactly. Very expensive. But here's the thing. I don't think the market really believes it. I'm looking at the alternatives. I guess Nokia would be uh, Nokia Erickson. Erickson. Well, Nokia Erickson, they both had their trials. Their stock is dead in the water. It's not really moving anywhere. It's not like people are going, oh, Huawei is out. It's going to be these guys. I don't see it. So I, I don't know what this noise is about or what kind of guarantees we're going to get or if it even matters. Well, if it even matters, if the, you know, so the, somehow no, the Chinese the 5G, will be able to shut Huawei, down. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, the Huawei routers, all of that stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did you not China. learn in podcasting school to hit your mute button when you snozz? I had a mute button. If someone would send me one, I'd use it. Oh, okay. Now, uh-huh. all right. um, let's go back to the Huawei thing. I'm The next phone I'm getting is a Huawei. Well, that doesn't sound like a very smart idea. Why? You think you're going to spy have, on me? Have you not seen Kingsman 2? <laughs> I would be careful. No. It's a nice phone. I've looked at them. They're pretty. They got all kinds of... Why? Why? When you, you do a show with me twice She's a week, nice. why would you want any kind of smart anything in your hands? Why do you want a phone at all? Well, it's not, I didn't say I was going to use it. Oh, it's just to, to look at it, to see how pretty it is. Or this, you're getting it for free. Maybe that's what's going on. I wish. Uh, well, I wouldn't spend... Look, I don't spend a dime on any smart stuff anymore. Yeah, no way. you just make a big scene about now, it. No, I walked past... You know, we have this... Did I tell you this? We have the stupid nest. Because the apartment has nests, and you, you're not allowed to remove it and all this. And so I've, I've been looking at... You know, Soldering all these, gun. Well... I, I did the next best thing, essentially, is I turned on my pie hole or, you know, my monitoring, and I walked past, walked past, past the Nest. It immediately sent a ping to its logging server, just for me walking past it. So they're building a profile of what I'm doing in my own home. That's disgusting. Yeah. Blocked. 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 <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting pretty good around here. You turn on the Roku... You know how if, if you're the Roku, you have the your overview screen of your different services, and it has to the right, it'll show uh, an ad of you know promote something to watch. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's empty now with me. <laughs> I've successfully made that box empty. Oh, it, so that went away when you blocked the service. Yeah, maybe it's getting the that information from the same service it's or the same um, server it's reporting oh, so it just to. Thinks you're not even on. Kind of, yeah. It's just like, oh, this guy's not here, or whatever. Or at least that. The problem is these things are not consolidated. So the Roku box, because you're clicking on stuff, knows you're on, or yeah. it doesn't know you're on, but it, it just responds to your clicking on just, Netflix no, no, or just, whatever. Just picking but, up, no, just picking up the remote. The Roku yeah, knows. Yeah, it knows you're on. Yeah. That part knows you're on, but the so in other words, these services aren't talking to each other in some uh, some microservices. Oh no, not, no, not yet. They're not saying, "Hey, hey, where's where's my ad?" It's supposed to be over here, and the guy says he's right. not on. Well, we think he is. Yeah, well, Net- so it's not doing that. No, and I, I, it's all just the Roku service, and then Netflix is just talking to home base all the time it, when it's not when I'm not using it. So the app is not selected. Roku is not is it's on, but it's not. You know, no app is selected. It's not streaming to my television. And Netflix is just talking to home base. Yeah, this is, to me, <laughs> several times an hour. <laughs> a ridiculous waste of bandwidth that these things keep doing this. Well, and this is I another reason. No, this is another ping. reason why 5G is the Valhalla for the, you know, for for Silicon Valley and all this stuff that is totally going to destroy our lives. It's already kind of getting there. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We huh. should do a uh, article together on the pie hole. Oh, okay, that'd be but good. But not on the pie hole building one, but no, you, pers- but yeah, the concept, just the idea. The, yeah, and discussing and all these little things because nobody thinks that when you turn on the Roku box that it's hey, look, he's on. You mean when you, you pick, pick up, up the, the remote? remote. Oh, he's yeah. up the remote. No one thinks about when you just walk through your house and the Nest sees you walking that it's report. It also pulls in local weather you know it's doing all these different things trying to make decisions i don't know if they're cloud-based decisions or whatever i just want the thing just to stay at the temperature i set it to and not be changing all the time zephyr (laughs) some things are consistent and always on time so okay so where do we uh when we we do this article and then we're gonna we're gonna put it on five minutes late by the way we're gonna put it on medium (laughs) <laughs> what, what's our outlet where are we going to publish this that. That <laughs> um, hey everybody we got a post on medium maybe huffpo will accept our submission st louis post dispatch oh <laughs> uh, yeah you get picked up by scripts but this is this is really um what this war this trade war whatever we have well it's not just a trade war we still have the cfo of huawei waiting to be extradited I mean, I mean, you think they'd get it over with? You know, it's they weren't the Chinese weren't so upset about. It, they just extradite her to the United States, and then they can make a fuss and get it. She's going to be in limbo forever if they leave it go yeah. on like this. She can't be happy. Here's the one thing I wanted to ask you: considering where the internet came from, considering the the dominance of the English language, not just on the public internet, but in code. You know, code is is English. Air traffic the, control, a lot of it. Instructions, you know, the commands, you know, vari- well, variables you can set to whatever you want. It's Put not Y or B. What? No, it's just we, we had instructions, these lousy instructions oh. from the Asian companies. <laughs> okay. Put it, Y or B. Yeah. Put Y or B. Please, please wait some time. That's my favorite <laughs> menu. <laughs> so please wait some time. But taking all that into account, yes, 
we need to be wary of China and and their products and what they may be slipping into certain. You know, we have to be able to see source code of stuff. It's but at the basis, do we not only have a head start, but can we not just say that our dudes named Ben, our dudettes named Bernadette, our hackers are they must be superior to anybody else in the world? Why do we give so much credence? I think our guys and gals kick their ass any day you know this is funny you brought this up i don't have the list in front of me but jc who manages dude's name ben Mm -hmm. has come up with a whole thesis about what the different dudes name ben culturally which who are the best ones and the worst ones and the ones that can't do this and the ones that can't do that i have to get this list from him We'll, we'll sit down and do it but he does have one interesting thing which coincidentally kind of backs up the kind of dude's name ben we have he says that the Muslim coders are are stunningly superior to the general Asian code coder. And can he can he pinpoint as to why that is? I don't know. Mm. I didn't ask. But just in general, just our 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 history, our legacy, our background. You know, I think that we lost a lot of ground to Eastern Europe. Uh, well, the Eastern Europe, yeah, he's got thoughts on that too. They work differently. And Israelis, you know, have I think also have a. Uh, the, the Israelis got to be better than the Chinese. I just don't see why everyone's all upset about Chinese hackers and Chinese spying. They're not. They're just not that great. What about the North Korean spiers? Oh please! Oh please! This is the axis of evil. This is bull crap. What are they? What are they practicing on? He did talk about the Chinese coders having a certain characteristic. Well, I don't remember char- what it was. Characteristic, sure, maybe. But you know, just this. It's all. A, and, um, you know, we had the, the National Threat Assessment, which is where Rachel Maddow came out freaking out that the you know, the Russians can turn off all of our heat everywhere. Which... Okay, turn off the heat. I have a, I'm using it. It's so cold here. I'm using a space heater. It's plugged into a socket. It has a switch on it. But you How know, the Russians going to turn that off? We need to teach some things to our kids. How kids, are the Russians going to turn off a fireplace? T- kids need to the learn. The Russians are going to turn off your fireplace. <laughs> Kids need to learn some certain basic, just as safe sex needs to be practiced, they need to understand safe use of technology. Well, and, and, and one day when we retire, when we exit rich, uh, we'll start a scholarship <laughs> called the Professor Woo! Ted Scholarship for, for the cyber prophylactics. Kids need to understand that everyone's given up. Oh, God, it doesn't matter. Everything <laughs> You know, I, I, uh, time go down. Yeah, uh, I had a, a conversation with a real estate agent. Um, you know, we're trying to find a house, something affordable in Austin. And, uh, and yeah, what, she has asked me something. So oh, let me just uh, text Tina. So I pull out my Nokia E71 and she does the typical, what is that? <laughs> she, she literally said, oh, you know, we have a brother in our family. He's kind of a project. He's 40. I think she's trying to say he was maybe had some learning disability i want to be sensitive uh and she knows so we gave him one of those phones but he wanted to flip so just comparing me basically to someone who was a retarded retarded, men- retarded. retarded mental uh, ability and yeah. i said no the reason i have this is so that when i'm talking with you i'm not distracted and so that when i'm talking with you i know no one else is going to be eavesdropping on the fact that we're together or that or maybe what we're saying and when i'm talking to you I want you to have my undivided attention. That's why I have this phone. 
And you and it's, it's, I'm working on this rap, but it's starting to work. When you say these three things, like, I don't want to be distracted when I'm talking to you. I don't want anyone else to know I'm talking to you. And I definitely, definitely want you to have my full attention, not something that's beeping, buzzing, and flipping and throwing off all kinds of uh, yeah, I think alerts. Yeah, you need one more element. That third element is the same as the first element. Hmm, okay. Uh... Well, we'll work on it, and we'll publish this in our Medium article as well. You need you need three or you need three, three points. Well, help me out distinct. then. I, well, but no, but the one is, uh, I guess distraction. Yeah, you're right. It's the same thing. Hmm. I need a third one. Oh, and he, third no, no. One. And, oh, here's the third one. And here is five dollars from the money I saved on not buying an iPhone. How about that? That's a speed. That one is. <laughs> I, I mean, it's 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 app. It's you could throw that in as a bonus after your big three. Bo- that's a bonus, or just a, a dollar, bonus. or just a bonus. dollar. And here's a dollar because there's over a thousand people who I'm giving a dollar to that I'm not spending on an iPhone. Yeah, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll get the three. We'll work on. It. We'll work on. So anyway, so no birds are and not what dying. What did she say? Does she roll her eyes and go, "What a rube"? <laughs> she went so. Or- do you do or you she don't have to no. She was probably, first of all, stop. She was probably <laughs> unaware that these phones can be used to see who you're having a meeting with. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to do it, you, I don't believe because I've heard too many butt dialing uh, episodes where you can listen in on the phone. Ugh, don't please. Okay, murder, stop. Murder. I'm not going to allow you to pass that fake news off again. Butt dials go through a different system than through digital IP connections. When you're calling, if I called you on the phone right now, it would be a horrible connection. I call you on Skype, it's a great connection. But dial phones are not comparable to any eavesdropping a phone can do. You have to just stop. I'm not buying a thing you're saying. People usually have the phone in their pocket. The thing cannot pick up, is not that good. Okay. I'm not going to argue you this. Show me some evidence. You're embarrassing yourself. I'm not going to argue this point again with you. All right. What you are correct about is the proximity. That is the number one tracking these things do. If you're next to someone, near to someone, that's when you start getting each other's recommendations. That's that's a big one. That's a big thing that they do. And eavesdropping, eh, whether people believe it, look, kids believe it. So it does, you don't even have to convince them anymore, even if it's not true. You ask any kid, of course, it's happening. All, they think that it's that. I, I believe it's purely proximity. Some one of your friends looked at something. The algos know you're together a lot, or one from time to time. There you go. You start getting it. That's the whole thing. Anyway, get rid of them. And I'm I'm getting a Huawei. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's nice knowing you. Yeah, the Chinese will know who I'm hanging out with. <laughs> yeah. Don't come to our wedding with that this thing. This guy. This guy eats a lot of Chinese food. Mm. We could probably turn him. Today is the big Super Bowl. Um, that's a big Super event. Super Bowl Sunday, it's called. Super Bowl Sunday. Big event here in the United States of America. It's being held in what? Atlanta, right? Yeah, Atlanta. So they've cleared out all it, the homeless camps? They, I think they did. Oh, a oh, lot no, of them. I know they did. <laughs> like, hey, everybody, it's great. You can be here all year, but now you got to go. So just swept them underneath the rug. Get rid of them. I think we're going to have... It's always about the commercials, of course. We love watching the Super Bowl commercials. 
Let's see what kind of social justice warrior stuff will pass by today. I'm sure we'll have some. Oh, that would be that probably be the only interesting stuff. The I rest think, of them are just overpriced commercials. I well, I believe I believe that a Washington Post has taken out an ad. A raison de five million dollars, so maybe more than one ad, and they I, apparently they have. No, that to- would be one ad. Yeah, oh, it's really one. I, th- I th- it's up to five dollars, five million dollars for one ad. For I one, think, I think that, let me. I'll look up the price. Crazy. Talk. Uh, it's really high. So apparently, they have hired Tom Hanks to do a voiceover for this ad, and, it's, and you know, it's obviously about real news only found in uh, the Washington Post. Yeah, Washington Post, the only place yeah. that has news. It's the only place that has actual actual news. That's good news. It's all good news. And as is traditional with the No Agenda show when it comes to big events, now this could be a big event, could be uh, the Super Bowl as an example. Okay. It, could also be, it could also be the uh, Eurovision Song Contest or the World Cup Soccer. We always like to choose the winner based on geopolitical um, data points and uh, with the knowledge that all major sports games are rigged. The price is up slightly from last year's $5.2 million. Is that for 30 seconds? Uh, yeah, I think that would be 30 seconds. What are we doing here? 5.2 million. <laughs> well, let's see. No, here's the weird. The NBC has an actual price, I think. Uh, okay, it's 5.25 million this year uh, for a 30 second spot during the championship matchup. Fantastic. $175,000 per second. Nice. So who's, yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second because we have options. Uh, but let's talk about the winner. We have the New England Patriots. Where are the New England pastry, Pastriots? Where are the Pastriots based? The Pastriots. <laughs> the Pastriots. Where are they based? They're all getting fat. <laughs> but where? what is their hometown? Boston. Okay. New England Pastriots. And then we, they don't play in Boston. They they play, play in New England. Oh. Yeah, this is just outside of, outside play, of town. They play around. Or someplace. And then we have the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, we have the president tweeting about uh, uh, how horrible the refs were even allowing the Rams to make it into the Super Bowl. So, this needs to be taken into account. Um, Kraft and the Patriots owner has said nothing bad about the president ever, as far as I can tell. They're buddies. Exactly. So that is another plus. But I think if you look at the hatred of the NFL, of the league, and the owners against the president and all that he stands for, and the pure power of the GOAT, I think the Rams are on deck to win. Well, I think they're on deck to win because they have a better team. Uh, they're inexperienced in these situations, and this will be Brady's ninth Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, which is, accounts for a lot. But, and odd, the coach but oddly, nine different, isn't different he ones. isn't he known as the goat? Yeah, he's the goat. That's the crazy part. Greatest of all time, right? But the Rams are goats, and the Rams are <laughs> they're goats. Yes, in a, in a sense. So I yeah no not in a sense the Rams are goats. So I think goat power. Goat power. How can you be against goats? Goat power to the tune of Hot Pockets. Another suggestion. <laughs> Try it again. From the lyricist <laughs> sitting on this end of the microphone. <laughs> goat power. <laughs> it's not. It's more like. <clears throat> let me give it a shot for you. Hold on. 
Let's see if I can do this. Goat power. <laughs> wow, I know you can be so off key. <laughs> it's two words. It's hard. Anyway, <laughs> it's very hard I to do. I think that the uh I here's what I here I'm I'll take another metal look at it from a non-geopolitical perspective. Well, why bother with that? We can watch any telling any cable news show for that, but okay, go ahead. No, I'm taking it from a non-geopolitical spectrum. That's what I'm saying. You're going to actually look at sports? If you want the point is, is that the Rams have been relocated to back to Los Angeles from whence they uh, were originated uh, from St. Louis, which was turning into a mediocre uh, football town. Mm -hmm. And they moved them to Los Angeles, the big market, one of the two big markets, New York and Los Angeles being the two. And they and Los Angeles has gone for before the Chargers moved up there and before the Rams moved back in three years ago, the Ram, the Los Angeles was without football and they were getting, uh, they were doing just fine with their baseball teams and with, especially with their basketball Two they got two basketball teams in Los Angeles. One came up from San Diego and they were doing just fine. And the NFL saw this as a huge problem because this is a massive market. They had to get football back into Los Angeles. And so they got the Rams. They have to win this game. It's just for the purposes of saving the league. And the league, it appears, there's documentation, people are suspicious of the league fixing these games. Uh, And the reason that that crazy play took place in New Orleans, which was not called, and oh, yes, Trump's all upset, everyone's upset. I think there's reasons it, it could have been not called, but everybody disagrees with that that was to make sure the rams got into the super bowl so the rams could win the super bowl to get interest back in los angeles to a peak it, they're going to win easily or it might be exciting and they'll win at the end but the rams have to win this game because that's what the nfl needs all right the rams have to win this game because they're goats end of that's it i'll give them seven points on the spread good to go goats for the go now let's talk about options for us I'm sure you saw the news that Spotify apparently is in talks to buy Gimlet Media. Yeah, Gimlet, yeah. Now, so Gimlet is, this is the former producer or creator of This American Life, I believe, who uh, spun off and created... Uh, a, a bunch of dis- this American Life clones. Right, and we just went through the fact they have 100 people working on 38 shows. They got beautiful studios in Manhattan. No, wait, is it made in Manhattan? Well, it's in, it, yeah, I think so. Think it, it may be in Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan, high priced. So they they just had a, a final round. Let's. I want to talk about two things. One about what Spotify is off. Well, starting off for any deal when there's a a, a buyout, uh, and it's very shortly after. Uh, I think they've had four rounds of financing. The last round, reportedly, according to Crunchbase, was a valuation of $70 million, which is not all that huge after four rounds. But they had four rounds, so they keep having to pump money in. Uh, To have this deal not officially announced by anyone, but sources say, I think is very bad. In general, you want the announcement to be, hey, Spotify bought us for X, or maybe not even mention a number. To have sources say they're in talks, the number is two hundred million. Bad. Would you agree from a business perspective? Well, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. 
I, I don't know that it's bad. Usually, it means that the deal is not going to happen. Well, not in a in a stage where it's going to happen. So somebody leaked something yeah, or spoke too soon. Over a Chinese meal. So, th- so that's phones. one. But second, you know, so this is the oh, this is great for podcasting. Well, maybe. And I wanted to discuss it with you briefly. We have received an offer from Spotify for the No Agenda Show. We have received an offer with numbers, and it's a it's a an actual deal. I've sh- I shared it with you a while back, if you recall. Okay, <laughs> yeah. keep talking. You don't remember? Well, I'm under non-disclosure. I cannot discuss the details of the offer. Uh, but let me tell you that they're talking big numbers, but complete exclusivity. It, right down to no feed. So it would be, I'm not kidding. You would only Those be numbers able to better be really big. They're actually interested. Well, you, it's in your email from two months ago. Yeah. You know, we've been, been quiet about it because it, I, we're on, I'm under non-disclosure, so I cannot discuss the elements of the deal. But if this is really what they're doing, I think they're going to have a real hard time. Real hard time making up, making the money for this, you know, and it all has to be on Spotify from what I understand, you know, but your feed is not your feed anymore. You know, you can't just like throw it anywhere you want. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to have a feed that has stuff included in it or whatever they want to do. But um, that offer is being put out to a lot of big podcasters. Now, our problem is I have no idea how many people, how many people listen to the show. Uh, You know, we'd have to. Go in and quanta qualify the logs and all that stuff, which I have no intention on doing. But I just wanted you to know. I, I see. I, th- I thought that you hadn't seen this because you never replied to me about it. But yes, we we received that offer. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not really a podcast anymore. It's a thing on Spotify. Yes, I don't know if we're that means. interested. Yeah. The only thing that's cool, and I personally might be interested in this, is you can do a music show on Spotify. But yeah. You know. Oh, there it is. Hey, what can we do to get that curry to, to come over? I would, well, I, would nev- I would never he go with that. He still thinks you. he's a DJ. <laughs> I would never go. They didn't, this was not a part of any talks or any offer. I'm just saying that that, that is something that could be done. Now, I'm quite happy sitting where we are just doing what we do for now. Let me see the spreadsheet. Let me see. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, okay. I wish the Gimlet Media people lots of luck, and I wish them many ads in their future. You know, it's getting to be, it's really, I'd listen to maybe six or seven podcasts uh, in between our, our this ep- last episode and this one, and it's getting a little annoying, because you have to keep pressing the fast forward button on the ads. And, you know, Joe Rogan, who had, a, who had, uh, I had, haven't pulled enough clips from, Joe Rogan had, uh, what's his face, from Twitter on? Uh, what's Dorsey. Dorsey. Yeah, but, who, who now is a member of the Taliban. You have to go through six minutes of ads in the beginning of Rogan. I mean, especially in the beginning, everyone's going to fast forward through that. How can that possibly be effective? MeUndies and, you know, the Beats Juice and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's how, how, if it's at the beginning of the show, like NP, even Pod say, I got to I know I'm going to start pulling clips of people who, Think they're really intelligent, have really cool podcasts such as Pod Save America. When these guys who are just sitting there telling you how the inner because from they worked in the White House, giving you the inner workings of the White House, and then have to switch and tell you 
how great this insurance product is. You can hear their disdain. They're hating it. Oh, no. Duh, ah. This is a good point. I've noticed this, too. These guys, Shapiro is one of these guys. Same thing. Yes, yes, yes. He re- rambles. Through, this is the reason we've talked about this off the air. And we talk about Leo Laporte. Yeah. Leo Laporte. Master. He's a master. Yeah. He is the, <laughs> the best. Live read master. Well, he's one from radio where he had to be sincere and he had to do all these reads. Yeah. And, 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 and you believe it. He's sincere when he tells you that this product is the best ever. And then. They drop their that advertising campaign and they pick up another one for the same type of product. And now this is the greatest thing ever. And he sounds extremely sincere because he knows how to do these. Shapiro, he rattles through the thing like, oh, my God, I have to read <laughs> have, this. Yeah, well, you got to hear these these schmarmy douchebags from Pod Save America, you know, wrote speeches for Obama. And now they're sitting there reading, you know, copy for uh, Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I find it very funny. Like, all right, boys, you go you and they enjoy don't, that. And, and in fact, you have to be th- th- this required. And this is essentially an extensive radio. Personally, I've always been against this whole thing. When you do, you don't have perfect. There's like maybe five guys in the country. I mean, Limbaugh can do a good read. Mm-hmm. That can do these. That can actually sell you something uh, on with their manner of of selling you by doing a read of an ad copy piece of paper that's sitting in front of them. Right. There's a very few of them. I think the ad should be produced. Just yeah, like no, a I regular agree. television ad. You don't see anybody on television stopping the show. I mean, like they did in the <laughs> 1950s and go on and on and on about something tied. Yeah, man, but it's podcasting. We have much more engagement with the, with the listeners. I think Please. it's a myth. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's, it's a myth too. When I hear Shapiro going, oh, my God, I, you can just hear it in his voice. He doesn't like these guys. He doesn't like the product. He doesn't like doing this read. Yeah. Give him a pre-programmed ad to run, to play. Anyway, I can tell you that when we do a donation segment, about 15% drop off and come right back up after we're done. And that's, I think that's a, a good a good drop off. It's, you know, minimal. Yeah, it's very minimal. Uh, it comes back. And people, I think, are, have realized that there is also content in that in that segment. Uh, yes, and our content's sincere because we're not promoting uh, a product that somebody says, here, promote this. We're promoting our producers and whatever thoughts we have during this segment. Now, I've been looking at Fox News and CNBC specifically. I believe they are, in, they are pre-sold in a big scheme um, to sell... Any Altria vaporized product. (laughs) Those who do not know, Altria used to be known as uh, R.J. Reynolds and Philip Morris. And I think there was one other company that all rolled up into this Altria or they rebranded. And this is the guys who bring you the Marlboro Man. So this is the the cigarette, big tobacco. Let's call them big tobacco. The nice name, Altria. They saw the writing on the wall, and they purchased Juul for $13 billion, which was largely cash, $13 billion, and that's a vape product. And I've been watching these ads, and I've been waiting for for them to make their move, and finally they've figured out, with a new study no less, what we need to do and what's going to happen. So uh, they have announced 
they will be doing self-critical ads in the United States. But also, uh, Juul has a new television campaign which fits right along with the study that just came out. A year-long study on the use of e-cigarettes turns up some surprisingly positive results. Jonathan oh, Sari is live in no Atlanta way. with the story. We always Mind you, news. we've had just bad story after bad story, and all of a sudden, oh, but it's good now. Is here, Jonathan. What's behind the study? <laughs> Certainly good news for e-cigarette users. A team of uh, British researchers has determined that e-cigarettes are actually more effective in helping people quit smoking than traditional nicotine therapies such as patches Uh, that you mm -hmm. wear or gum that you chew. How did they arrive at this? Well, they followed more than 800 smokers over the course of a year. What they found is 9.9% of the group receiving traditional nicotine replacement were able to abstain from smoking during that year-long period. However, the success rate was almost twice as high, 18%, for the group using e-cigarettes. This new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine is likely to bolster the e-cigarette industry, which has been trying to market its products as a safer alternative for adults who already smoke but want to quit. However, many public health officials say they're concerned e-cigarettes may provide a gateway to traditional tobacco use among teens because they're marketed in all sorts of different enticing flavors. Although e-cigarettes lack the carcinogens that you inhale while smoking traditional cigarettes, uh, critics point out that they contain nicotine, which is highly addictive. Yes. So from now on, they should be referred to as Big Nick. Big Nick. Big Nick. That's what they are. Big Nick. Now, they're all in. This, this is, hey, this yeah. is right out of the Bernays playbook from the 1920s. Literally, the when, they, when he wanted women to smoke. Yeah. Tell the story. It's a bogus story planted. You pay somebody to... You know, you can do this with most universities that have any uh, research capabilities whatsoever. You, if you, it's only it can it cost you ten grand, maybe it might not even cost you that much. You can go to some of the professors leading different departments and say, "Hey, I, I need to do this. I want to find out whether this does that or not, and I'll pay for the study." And they, they put the students to work, and they'll do a study, and it'll be authentic. It'll be the right. They have the right stats. They do it right. And you get it at UC Davis. So you can go up there and have them do something on wine. Uh, how much is, you know, how much sulfites are in, in the average bottle of wine? You can have them study it. And you can put a report out. It's official. And you can do this with, and marketing guys know this. And they go out and they, they come up with an idea. And, and you, you, if you put this, if you put the research study together properly, where you almost guide it by what you're looking for. I'm looking for this. See if you can prove this. And then they go out and prove it, and they give you the report back. Now it's yours to distribute, or what, depends on how the deal was arranged. Right. And you could roll it out, and yeah. you could send it with press release. You know, oh, press release goes but, out. But and was it not the press release? Was it not think that's separate from the advertising? Was it not Bernays who wanted to promote the smoking of cigarettes by women? And yeah. he had wasn't it like as if they were suffragettes in a parade walking up Fifth Avenue smoking in public. Yeah. That was that was a it was a fantastic campaign, and he got. I mean, from that became, we got Virginia Slims and a whole you know whole branding. Well, he's the one who developed the, the ideas of uh, influencers, brand influencers. Oh, been he was ahead of his a- Instagram time. And so, Brent, you know, it's, in other words, you get some famous person, Cary Grant, you know, somebody who's very famous, everybody likes, and they all admire because he's a big set actor, and you have him smoking. <laughs> 
uh, you get people who's, you know, I like the way he looks smoking. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> most people just look at, you know, they have their their influencers and they look at them as role models. It's called a role model. That's where everyone's all bent out of shape when somebody's supposed to be a role model, doesn't want to be one. He's just a punk. And they just condemn him until he becomes a role model because he's got too much power to be just some punk. He's going to have a bad influence on the kids. And so this is all part of the scheme. Sure. I love it. I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm all for vaping. You know, I'm a big proponent, just like I was. I saw the talking tubes coming down Broadway. I saw this vaping coming down Broadway. And uh, now we'll have limited choice. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted in our little cottage industry of making e-liquids. <clears throat> I'm sure we'll be able to still get some illegally from someone made up in the bathtub. But Big Nick is here to stay. And I expect them to do a lot of a lot of ads denouncing their previous product, which Let's face it, the cigarette was just uh, the administration vehicle. It's always been about the nicotine. Yeah. And so now, you know, it's, it's everybody wins. Your clients uh, yeah, can't wins. And there's money. Yeah, your clients don't die as fast from your product. So it's good. I'm, I'm off. I think this is a very good development. But Fox News, CNBC, they've been on it, from, I think, from the get-go. Because they've been all of, oh, yeah. Finally, we have the study. Now, oh, now it's great. <sighs> Big Nick, my friend, Big Nick. I remember the time I was listening to Michael Savage, who was getting all worked up, bent out of shape, which is the best part when his show, his show's always best when he's like completely freaked. And he's bitching about some guys that came over to his office and they had this, this advertising vehicle they wanted to put together and they had a term for it. And he was moaning and groaning. He said, he'd never do this in a million years. And it had to do with, you have to, they're going to give you all this money to have this one expert has to come on once a week to talk a little bit about something that they're promoting. And then this X, and then you have to talk about it favorably and all the rest of it. And he, it was just a very complex, one of those complex advertising deals, which a lot of high-end advertising salespeople put together. Right. And says he refuses to do it. And he threw them out. So but meanwhile, he goes to a commercial. I flipped the channel to the Hannity show, which was on at the same time. He's actually doing it. He's implemented <laughs> he's doing, it. He's it's doing the re- <laughs> It's going on. As I like, wow, that's what he's talking about. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> now, we, These guys, it's corruption. Yeah. Well, we can always go to Spotify. Um, Spotify. We always talk about, we often talk about how um, things that are, have clearly been proven demonstrably false and admitted so remain uh, true in the lexicon, in the, as true. In the lexicon of uh, what M5M has created for all of us. Yeah. And something that is cropping back up, and I think it has to do with a lot of different circumstances, but uh, Mike Pence, the big homophobe. This is, the, uh, this yeah, is coming yeah, back. Mike Pence, big homophobe, conversion therapy, now, we went through all of this, and I actually had to go back into, into the archives, bingit.io, if you want to do some research. Um, and this was about, uh, it really was 14, 14 words Mike Pence uttered, I believe. And from that moment on, he became a guy who uh, wants uh, conversion therapy for the gays, hates the gays, is against the gays. Uh, so I shall... Um, Debunk first and then show you what happened, how it's coming back and how it always stays. Uh, it, it remains to be false in the lexicon. 
Mike Pence, so he, there was a, I think it was in a bill and, uh, or an opinion on a bill, and it was about money to go towards uh, uh, an anti HIV program helping uh, gay men reduce high risk sexual activity. And so he wanted to take away money from one AIDS program and in, and put it into this other one. And the way he described it was, uh, he said, uh, here it is. He wanted to, I don't even know him. This debate today is not about discrimination. I believe that if someone chooses another lifestyle than I have chosen, that is their right in a free society, which you know has been turned into this I hate the gays. And <laughs> yes, and he said uh, I'm trying to find this uh here it is. Uh he was advocating for public spending on conversion therapy in Indiana. But what he actually said is if someone want to ch- wants to change their sexual activity to reduce their risk, which is not the same as saying we're going to ungay you. It's like, hey, maybe you should change your sexual, uh, maybe your promiscuity and use more protection so you don't, or so you have a lower risk of contracting AIDS. But that somehow turned into, and it's all, it's, I put it all back in the show notes. It's, it's turned I don't into. I think he's ever mentioned conversion therapy. The word conversion therapy has never come into it. It was, it was literally him saying, I think this money is better spent in helping people choose a less promiscuous lifestyle if when it comes to AIDS, HIV and AIDS. But here's how it was portrayed by Ellen Page, actress, cutie pie. She's from, uh, is she X-Men? I think she's in that. She's a Canadian. Uh, she's not American. So anyway, but she brought down the house on the Colbert show by propagating this lie unchallenged, and it was set up and ready to go because when she talks about her wife, she's married, um, uh, Colbert had a picture of them ready to go, of the two of them, you know, their wedding picture, which he had on a printed board. So this was a set-up thing, and I'm sorry, it's just a lie. I'm, like, really fired up tonight, This is how how you have to be fired up. It feels impossible to not feel this way right now with the president and the vice president, Mike Pence, who, like, wishes I couldn't be married. Let's just be clear. (laughs) Now, for sure, Mike Pence is against uh, any kind of marriage other than between a man and a woman, which is his religious uh, feeling, his vibe, and that's his belief. Uh, No no argument there. The vice president of America wishes I didn't have the love with my wife. He wanted to ban that in Indiana. And note, she says, he didn't want me to have the love. Yeah. Not, that's, not that's marriage, re- just, yeah, just that's, the that's love. Really, just uh, the love. The vice president of America wishes I didn't have the love with my wife. He wanted to ban that in Indiana. He believes in conversion therapy. Wow, that was like British Parliament almost, wasn't it? <laughs> wow. Order! <yeah. laughs> He believes in conversion therapy. That says, oh. Oh, yeah, instead of a a laugh, applause, oh. He wanted to ban that in Indiana. He believes in conversion therapy. He has hurt LGBTQ people so badly as the government of Indiana, and I think... He's the government of Indiana. He's (laughs) not the governor of the government. Yeah, and he's hurt them. The thing we need to know, and I hope my show, Gaycation, did this. 
in terms of connecting the dots, in terms of what happened the other day to Jesse, I don't know him personally. I saw, I sent all of my love. This is the, uh, the Empire actor who uh, allegedly was assaulted by racists. Yeah, yeah, it's just sub-zero weather. Yeah. But, but I don't, uh, did they call him gay? Did they uh, say something about his gayness or was it just because he was I black? I didn't know that he was gay. Uh, yeah, well, she, this is what she's saying. It was because of she's he was gay. The guy. <laughs> I, th- I think he's pretty out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the story, true or not, was about MAGA hats and racism, and now it's about gayness. In terms of what happened the other day to Jesse, I don't know him personally. I saw, I sent all of my love. Connect the dots. This is what happens. If you are in a position of power and you hate people and you want to cause suffering to them, you go through the trouble. You spend your career trying to cause suffering. What do you think is going to happen? Kids are going to be abused and they're going to kill themselves. And people are going to be beaten on the street. I have traveled the world and I have met the most marginalized people you could meet. I am lucky to have this time and the privilege to say this. This needs to f- stop. Woo! And of course, this went completely unchallenged by Stephen Colbert. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, and it's okay. I mean, look, I have... No, I'm not even going to say it. That's not the point. This is a lie, and it's just... I mean, what, what, did, what, are they, what is going on? Go back to Canada. <laughs> go back to Canada. Go back to Canada. What the hell? You know, it's... It, you know, Mike Pence, I saw him do a speech the other day. The guy is creepy as AF. He's very creepy. He's creepy when he reads. He's creepy when he looks. When he when he looks at the prompter, he looks to the side instead of pretending to look straight at somebody. His eyes shift over. Someone's got to call him on that. Uh, it, it, it need to adjust that behavior. But oh, come he's on. looking straight ahead, and then he looks at the prompter yeah. to the side. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he uh, kind of looks in the middle. No, he kind of looks in the middle, and then still you can see his eyes okay. shifting. That's up. not good. That's no, a bad it's wrong. practice. And, and he comes across as genuinely you know, a bit creepy, no doubt about it. But to, to say that he, is, that he has spent his life hating gay people and trying to ruin them, and he believes in conversion therapy, this is just not true. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's these things that just they're, it's shameful. It is shameful. And then, and, and, and you know, do you know that there was a uh, five women were murdered uh, in a bank this week? No, you didn't know that. No, I didn't actually. Yeah. The guy walks in, kills five women. Well, I think it just happens to be five women shoots up the place. Five women die. Yeah, not a blip because we're talking about Roger Stone. We're talking about anything. You know, how, how can that be more important than the, the gun conversation that we're always having? That for some reason is not. But then you have just to, you know, to show what happens is CNN. The most important thing they can talk about to this day is not actual things that matter in Paris and the rest of Europe, the yellow vest, uh, Venezuela, uh, uh, even even China. Even Russia, no, we have to have a two-minute handover and talk about, is it okay to wear a red MAGA hat or not? Right, so you have the 
legality. This is Chris Cuomo uh, handing over to Don Lemon. And then it's the legal, right? You're the attorney. You can refuse service. You yeah. know, no shirt, no shoes, no. This is I think it was the San Francisco restaurateur who said you're not allowed in my restaurant wearing a MAGA hat, which, by the way, I don't think you should be allowed in anyone's restaurant with a hat at all unless you're a fast food restaurant. So I don't know what kind of restaurant it was. But, you know, it's just, okay, but if you're wearing this hat, you're not allowed. Service. Uh, now you'd have a counter First Amendment argument. You're chilling my rights. It's a private place. Uh, well, then how is this any different than the baker with the cake? Well, that right. was about refusing service uh, to a group of people that should be a protected class. Right. And unless you could argue that Trump supporters should be a protected class, I don't think you have much of an argument on that. And John Lemon obviously has a lot of privilege in this, in this conversation because he's black and gay. So he, he, is the, he has privilege to speak his mind and be correct. Right. Um, so let's say this isn't so much about whether he has the right. It's about whether or not it is right. And here's my problem on this mm. issue. Ordinarily, I'd go down the line, look, be bigger than that. But I don't want to fall into the trap of underselling the significance of the trigger of the expression to people. I think the more appropriate analogy to say is if people were wearing shirts and that said, I hate black people. Would he be okay to say, don't come into my place with that? And I yes. think most people would be like, yeah, yeah, that's how people like him see the MAGA hat. Yeah. So does that make it okay? I think that's the right question. Well, and the thing is, should you? But just because you, yes, that, but just because you have the right, does it mean that you should? No. Does it mean that? Should, Absolutely not. Should not you be aware? Cases. Again, your, clo- your clothing tells a story about who you are, what you think about, and what you represent. Right. And also, you, life is not in a vacuum. That hat means a lot of things. If you're going to wear that hat, that hat means everything from, I would say, the beginning of the campaign, maybe even before. Maybe that hat uh, means uh, the Central Park Five to people. Maybe it means birtherism to people. Maybe it means, you know, Mexicans are rapists to people. <laughs> and so you cannot erase those things from the story of that hat and say, well, I'm just wearing it because um, I want stronger immigration. Well, a lot of people want stronger immigration. It just can't be about what you want it to be about. There are symbols and things in the society that you have to take as a whole. My point is, this is not news. This is unhealthy to consume. It has nothing to do with news. Actual news taking place all around us. It was doing the job, as you could tell when he talked about the wearing the T-shirt that says, I hate black people. Mm-hmm. Association, we've been hearing this on and on, associating the hat yes. with all sorts of things hey. to make to, to lock down the association that the hat is bad. Yeah. And we have seen this, this. In this case, it was to associate the hat with wearing a shirt that says, I hate black people. Mm-hmm. The hat obviously means that yes it's just getting annoying and the cnn is just just can't stop doing it and that's all they seem to do it's 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 just it's tiring it's very tiring i i did have a tweet i didn't uh, print it out here but cnn they on their news site they have this uh this assertion it could have been a hoax too. Oh, I, I, I saw this. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. It could be a hoax, but I don't think. No, it is. I know. I, I saw the article. It's in the show notes. The, they have that article on CNN.com. It does. The argument asserts that when the uh, Europeans came to North America and uh, had it killed all the Indians, let's say, just to generalize, they didn't, but they, otherwise there wouldn't be any left, but they killed all these Indians. 
it was the it was the genesis of climate change. <laughs> and it was because they weren't farming the land anymore, and so there was so much vegetation that grew that we had uh no. What what is their assertion? That doesn't make any sense. No, well, I'm gonna stop right there. It had it something doesn't make any sense. It had some no, but it had something to do. Okay, I have the article here. Let's take a look at it. Uh, European colonizers killed so many Native Americans that it changed the global climate, researchers say. <clears throat> that's what, that's what the, uh, the claim is. So when Europeans arrived in the Americas, they caused so much death and dise- disease that it changed the global climate, a new study finds. A new study yeah. from science. And we talked about how those are done. Yes. Um, European settlers killed 56 million indigenous people over about 100 years in South, Central, and North America, causing large swaths of farmland to be abandoned and reforested. Researchers at University College London, or UCL, estimate the increase in trees and vegetation across an area the size of France resulted in a massive decrease in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. How can that be bad? Carbon levels change enough to cool the Earth. Ah, okay. By 1610. Okay, so they're doing a reach around reverse. What Say, they're trying to do is, is you know, there's a bunch of trying, anomalies yeah, yeah, I see in the historical doing. record about global warming. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be, it seems to be, you have more to do with the sun than anything else. And so they're trying to shoehorn theories <laughs> Wait. into why this might be. And this is a shoehorn theory. So by this... So to combat climate change, or I'm sorry, to combat global warming, we can change the climate by colonizing. <laughs> Hello, China. <laughs> Let's colonize. It'll be great. I learned from NPR, besides the fact that weather and climate are two separate things, do you know who created the term climate change? Oh, oh, I should know this, and I now I feel like I'm uh, I'm in mud. I'm going. You know what? I'm 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 going to let you sweat it out, and we'll listen to the report. Well, media organization. Oh, by the way, the guy who was talking about climate, in, not not the host, is NPR's media guy. So he's not the climate <laughs> climate researcher. He's he's giving his opinion and his analysis of how the media are handling climate change, climate change issues, climate change deniers. And in fact, the history of the term itself. Well, media organizations, including NPR, have pointed out the connection between the polar vortex in the Midwest and climate change. I noticed on a network news show, which are often criticized for not making that connection to climate change. David, how have news organizations evolved in... I'm sorry, that was a shitty edit. <laughs> I took out a whole piece of something unimportant, so I'm sorry about that. Well, Connecting... We said yeah. you stopped it. Yeah. Uh, this was part of the movement. This is with Al Gore when he chewed out Judy for even suggesting that they have an, a, a counterpoint yeah. uh, on climate change. And this is part of the that there was a big stink. We had it on the show. We discussed it about how anytime any weather anomaly is reported, climate change should be brought into. Yes. I think this came from Lear, by the way. The Lear Foundation, yes, those guys. Most likely. Yes. They have to mention climate change. Now he's condemning a network news report that apparently just talked about the weather yes. without oh my yes, God. Without making without the connection. Mentioning climate change. This is a faux pas, I guess. Well, and 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 actually I have two clips, so we'll continue this. Uh recall that 
first it was, hey, uh, climate or weather's not climate, but then it churned into extreme weather events. Now that is because of climate. And the biggest problem they had was with the local weather forecasters. And of course, we had the, the founder of the Weather Channel who, who passed away recently, who to his death remained saying this is the biggest hoax ever. So we pick it up again um, with, uh, uh, with this David guy. Size for not making that connection to climate change. David, how have news organizations evolved in connecting these extreme weather stories to the overall trend of climate change? CBS this morning, there are no fools in, in acknowledging that role. You've seen their sort of increasing uh, efforts by uh, scientists and some journalists with specialty in the area to incorporate that as the science seems to be clearer about not just the fact that the that man-made emissions and carbon and the warming of the environment are, are, are present and having an effect, but that you can start to make a connection to individual events. And so you're starting to see that. That is a change. You used to see particularly uh, uh, meteorologists on TV especially local, but also national TV, really resist talking about climate. They're going to say, we're talking about weather. Climate is global. Climate is, is, is a whole different uh, layer there. It's too unpredictable. Heck, we have trouble predicting more than 10 days out. And what you've seen is sort of a joining of meteorology and climate science to say, yeah, these things are interconnected in a real way. And therefore, you can start to see this in all kinds of coverage from local TV to you know national newspapers. And then there is Brian Kilmeade here on Fox and Friends on Fox News. Listen. You know, it was true that uh, cl the climate change became climate change when global warming wasn't adding up to global warming. It was going very cold. And then people say with the, the temperature went up a couple of degrees, they go, we'll change it. We'll start using climate change. So anytime there's a tornado, a typhoon, a flood, what did I tell you? And then there hence starts the debate. David, um, <laughs> what about that? Ha have we got past that where where we can recognize that global warming is the overall trend, uh, even if it means severe winter storms? What climate change really means is there's global warming and the, the atmosphere is warming and all kinds of other things are warming. And at the same time, it's calling all, all kinds of weather uh, disruption and uh, in, you know, spikes and variables <laughs> in, in all directions. You know, the real thing is, in some ways, that climate change became very much part of the political vernacular in the 1990s, in part as a result of Newt Gingrich, the, the Congress that came to uh, power in 1995 in opposition to the Clinton uh, mm -hmm. White House, wanted to call it something that seemed less threatening than global warming and they they focus group tested the phrase climate change and it seemed less threatening to right. people at a time they were trying to hold down certain kinds of regulation i didn't know this you're telling me the republicans under speaker newt gingrich came up with this they focus tested it said, oh. and they focus grouped it <laughs> and this is what they and and now we're left with this thanks to them wow I didn't. I re, I don't. I don't know if this is true, but it's it sounds very Luke believable. Gingrich is still alive. You could verify it. Yeah, but it's like wow, way to go, good work, <laughs> Newt. Go. So, what is the media's responsibility in all of this? We'll just finish out the segment since we've got it. So, what are the media to do when President Trump tweets out, you know, global warming, come back fast, we need you? <laughs> is it? The, the media's responsibility to then do a whole fact-checking session about that? Or Let me ask uh, you, Jean-Claude, is it the media's responsibility? To what? To fact-check and do a whole—what he just said. Fact-check a sarcastic remark? How do you even fact-check something like that? Or do they just let He's, it go? He either said it or he didn't. There's your fact-check. Did he say it? Yes. Okay. Fact-check is true. 
fact check false? The, the media's responsibility to then do a whole fact checking session about that or do they just let it go? You know, I don't think the media has to, in, in every element, uh, go after the, the individual tweet. I do think it's it's not fair simply to read. He's got the tweet to say, you know, uh, the president without any evidence says, you know, we there's no such thing as global warming. I think that the the media and reporters and journalists need to perform a civic and educational function of the public to say this is what the science shows and incorporate that into its main what, coverage. That computer not- modeling is crap. <laughs> Stay with it. Simply just hive that off into fact-checking columns as useful as those can be for enduring correctives online. I think that the media has to be front and center and confident about reporting what it knows, make sure to contextualize it, making sure not to overstate uh, what science says, but to say, you know, it is inc- it appears increasingly certain uh, that such severe weather spikes of, of winter chill or of uh, summer heat uh, appear to be increasingly likely, as are more tornadoes and hurricanes and the like, as a result of, of, of climate change. Which, of course, we haven't really had for 15 years. But okay. and I think that's that's journalistically valid and important thing oh, to do for the public so they can make the choices that affect their own lives. Oh, OK, so <laughs> now we get into my favorite topic is, you know, how many people don't believe it in the scientific community and how many of those voices do you allow to speak in your public air for airwaves? We produced this show in association with the BBC World Service and the BBC uh, told staff last year not to include outright deniers of climate change in BBC coverage in the same way you would not have someone denying that Manchester United won two to nothing last Saturday. Yep. How common is that in newsrooms? Don't you love that analogy? That's fantastic. Right now to send out a message from the top saying here's a a false analogy. Yeah. The guy says it's a false analogy, doesn't he? Mm, Let's see. Uh, why isn't that clicking? Change in BBC coverage in the same way you would not have someone denying that Manchester United won two to nothing last Saturday. Yep. How common is that in newsrooms right now to send out a message from the top saying, here's how we're going to do it? Well, in some ways, the Beeb, while one of the world's great news organizations, is a little late to the party. Uh, it's been a few years uh, since even cable channels in this country, by and large, have been willing to put on climate uh, change uh, denialists, shall we say, people who reject the science just on the basis of what's convenient for them ideologically. Oh, how about actual scientists who reject it? But that's okay. And the BBC, which has wow. a you know statutory mandate of even-handedness, was overcompensating. That is, you know, if one and a half percent of scientists or so believe that the you can- Wait, now it's one and a half? What, ha- what happened to 97%? Back we, went, we went to. What did he say? We, so he went, well, uh, you know. This is it, a mistake they keep making. Well, it's. Oh, I know why they're doing it. I. I ah, play it again for them ideologically and the bbc which has a you know statutory mandate of even-handedness was overcompensating that is you know if one and a half percent of scientists or so believe that you can't really attribute climate change to man-made emissions or the like it's not fair to balance that out one-on-one with somebody who believes that is the case even if that represents 98 percent of scientists and you (laughs) first of all he's, he's missing a half percent here or there but it used to be 97, now it's 98 and a half, or maybe it's 98. I saw that in things in Britain. Well, over the, yeah, it was originally 97% of climate scientists who already wrote reports on it, which is what's been overlooked because then it became 90% of all, all scientists. scientists. No, 90% of clim- climate scientists, then 90% of all scientists, and then just... But anyway, that was... Uh, then it was just like uh, this... 
shit. You can't really attribute climate change to man-made emissions or the like. It's not fair to balance that like out one-on-one one with somebody who believes that is the case, even if that represents 98% of scientists. And you saw, saw that in things in Britain over the question of the debate about the economic effects of Brexit. You've seen it in this <laughs> country on certain things. We've had to work out the fact that this oppositional debate in which we stage a lot of our journalism through uh, uh, argumentation doesn't work when the science is so clearly on one side. They're clearly not on one side. No. I was going to play but something. They, this is just to – this is the, the rationale. They need to get this number up to 100 percent or close to it so they can keep people off the air from making the opposite argument. Unfortunately, they can't keep them offline. There's a lot of people that have websites and they haven't been able to shut them down that have uh, very good arguments as to why this is a bunch of bull crap. But – and they're scientists, some many high-end scientists and some very famous physicists. And some, some, I'm sorry, some Nobel Prize winning uh, people. Uh, we all know the directive from our own scientist, Dr. Kiki. Shut up already. It's science. Yes, be quiet. And with that, I'm not going to be quiet. I'd like to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to the man who put the C in climate change, John C. Uh, well, in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. Also, in the morning to all ships to see boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and the dames and knights out there. In the morning to our trolls in our troll room. That's noagendastream.com is where they congregate every Thursday and Sunday morning and uh, listen to the show, chat amongst themselves, throw out sarcastic one-liners, and often help very much with the production of this show. It is appreciated. And, and such. And such. No Agenda Show, uh, noagendastream.com. Also, in the morning to Uncle Cave Bear, he brought us the artwork for episode 1108. Uh, there was a lot of good art once again. Uh, we selected, um, I remember what we did. We selected the dingbat found in cave Bernie Sanders. And <laughs> there, was, there were a number of reasons for this, but one of them that we wanted to mention is... You know, we have two uh, stock, I think two or three stock templates you can add to any image on the noagendaartgenerator.com. And we're seeing more people come up with their own new templates and they're kind of appealing to us. Yeah, and there's one that we're taking a dislike to of the templates. Yeah, like the, is that the Illuminati kind yeah, of all seeing what I want? Yeah, it's, it's it's too small and it's, yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't contrast well and uh, we recommend not using it. Yeah. Uh, but we do recommend just designing a complete piece without the template and, and posting that. Also good, yes. Which is what this guy did. Yep, yeah, liked it very much. All right, so we have a few people to thank for show uh, uh, 1109. We're two shows away from 1111, 1111. Well, one show away. One show. Well, after this one, one more than 1111, 1111. Which will be the next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and there'd be no Super Bowl on that Sunday, so you don't have to use your betting money. <laughs> no, you can use all of your winnings from from betting on the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, the GOAT. <laughs> Uh, James Smith is a top donor at $333.33, and I thought I saw a note from him. Yeah, you said you had had you had an additional thing. No, I do, but that's not James Smith. Okay, that's next. all right, all right. This is, uh, let me see if I got a note from James Smith in the mail, because there should be, because I thought I saw one. Hmm. James Smith, I got the Smith. Let's go to the bottom. Yes. M. Smith. 
No, there's a lot of there's a lot of M Smith these days. Yeah, it's M Smith. That's it's M Smith is pissed off at me. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. No, like. that's no, not for good reason. That's what she says. Yeah, so she should. Oh, okay, fine. It it always goes like this. John says, "Listen to the show." <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> Do you have I it yet? Do you have it yet? Well, I got a John Smith from January second. Where he says, uh, Viva Gillette's yawns in the newsletter. He says, uh, he doesn't have nothing. There's no, hmm. I got nothing from James. Hmm. So I don't know what to say. James, if you got something to tell us, uh, send it to us in an email or something. Yeah. Because next we have, actually this got misplaced. Uh, this is uh, T. Oldelsting with $333. James Smith was three thirty three thirty three, so he's the topper. And 333 from Modal Sting. He says, ITM gents, he's got this. It just says T. It doesn't have his, there's nothing. ITM gents, I'm requesting a big dose of jobs karma. Please use the old school Pelosi version, not the weak sauce <laughs> Trump version. <laughs> Is that it? No. Oh. I have been looking unsuccessfully for a new dude named Ben gig for the last six months with no prospects. Wow. A D that doesn't say where he's from, so that may have something to do with it. A de-douching must also be in order. You've been de-douched. Since my last donation was during JCD's visit to Sparks Restaurant in New York. So he must be in New York. He's got to be a million jobs there. Thanks for your bi-weekly measure of sanity. So give him a jobs camera. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. Oh, Smyrna. I saw this. Maybe. Ah, here it is. Okay, back to James Smith. Ah, good. Okay. Yeah, he sent a check in when it's at the top, and I just that because I remember reading it. Uh, he's a, actually runs a thing called Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia. Um, looks like a good place. He's got a couple of cards he sent me because I need some feed or seed. <laughs> Just in case. First and foremost, I need a de-douching. Okay. You've been de-douched. I'm going to tell you what he's going to request at the end before I read the note. Okay. A small business karma and L. Sharpton butchering the English language Adam's choice would be awesome. Okay. First and foremost, I need a de-douching. I've been listening since summer of 18, and this is my first donation. I own a small business in Smyrna, Georgia. Uh, my business is Neighbors Feed and Seed, an old school feed store with an emphasis in, or in organic and sustainability. Skills you will need when you finally go OTG. I am even working on my Taliban beard for <laughs> authenticity. Your analysis of the M5M sheer volume of bullshit is worth every penny. I'm committing now, and we can't even get the half of it. I'm committing my, uh, I'm committing now to my inevitable knighthood. This being my first offering in the value for value model, uh, I ask that other listeners in the metro Atlantic area come by the shop and say hello. Neighbor, and the name of the place again is Neighbors. Okay. Feed and seed. Uh -huh. so neighbors. Okay. Uh -huh. Neighbors is on the face bag and something as well. Keep up the good fight. 
I punch as many people in the mouth as I can. A small business karma and an L sharp in butchering the English language would be awesome. Until my next donation, take care, James Smith. All right. Thank you for your courage. Tonight is the measure of whether the country begins in the state of Wisconsin, a national drive to push back. Thanks Good evening, to Rev. you, Ed. <laughs> is this Crown Hog Day 2? We are watching that was Attorney General Eric Holder, <laughs> ABDs, about some Republicans at home are already beating the drums of war. Today, the Pentagon <laughs> refuted that claim. And he said the American people do not want him to, quote, Dwindling, they do not want him dwindling his thumbs. You can get a gig as a court a contortionist. Intravenous fluids and pills coated uh, with gelatin. We don't leave our women or women, women or men in uniform behind. It's a monument to the hubris of Dick Cheney. <laughs> okay, I've had enough. You've got karma. <laughs> Did he say Pentacon? Yes, he did. Pentacon. <laughs> it's a fan favorite. That guy's great. Yeah. Matthew Hamilton. By the way, they pay him tons of money at M- to be on MSNBC. I think he's still there on the weekends. And now. that's used bef- to have a used to have a daily show. And that's before the extortion racket that he runs. Uh, Just Matthew saying. Matthew Hamilton, three twenty one thirty three. Drunk donation from the host of the No Agenda Social, who's alcohol-induced tinnitus, is really beginning to strike a nerve. Could be from your Wi-Fi. I have a long flight tomorrow, and I'm counting on No Agenda to get me through the cross-country trip. Thanks to my wonderful wife putting up with my nonsense about being married before December 31st of 2018. I'm now married filing jointly. So I figured I'd give the No Agenda show a cut of the action. <laughs> I'm also using this. is nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I also am using this donation as a reminder of myself to send John a picture of our cat to use in the newsletter. Cat pictures in the newsletter make donations go up. So I'm <laughs> doing my part. There may be some evidence of that. I also need to send John a video of Bart grinding the tracks outside my apartment at 3 a.m., Okay, I have to say something after this. I read this. <laughs> this, by, uh, this, by the way, just so you have some context, this is Ariner. Uh, he he uh, was kind enough, well, it's over a year now, to take over the uh, uh, the actual administrative duties for noagendasocial.com, which is a lot of crap because you know it's tons of bandwidth yeah. and images and so I didn't know he was a drinker, so this is interesting. Interesting to yeah. Me. Well, you'd be too running no agenda social. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. Exactly, and meth. And they send a John a video of Bart. Okay, let me just stop in the middle of this note. So the Bart the Barrier Rapid Transit System. I remember when it was first. Uh, it first was built. That's how old I am. And I remember when they pushed it through and they got the people to vote for it after trying a few times. And they, and they put this guy, George Silliman, I think was his name. He was a gas station. He owned a gas station in the middle of nowhere somewhere, I think, at Warm Springs or Dakota or someplace. And it was a he kept running for office and running for office. He finally got the job and he got the job as head of BART. But in the promises was we're going to use these hard, these special hard rubber tires that won't make any noise. There was promises of the system being silent. Hmm. I want to just remind everybody, I was there. I remember this this debate. Oh, it's going to make too much noise, these noisy trains going overhead. No, no, they're not going to make any noise. 
because we have these special hard rubber tires that won't make noise. They won't squeak. They won't make noise. They make so much noise. Hmm. There's over 100 decibels if you're under one of these tracks. Not all the trains make all the noise, but many of them do. And so this is what he's bitching about. And hmm. I'm just going to say this is the t- type of promise you get from your government. The Golden Gate Bridge will always be free to drive over. <laughs> the Bay Area Bridge, free after the first five years of 10-cent tolls. Free after that. So this is bull crap. These guys just lie to get these things done. And this continues to this day. And nobody remembers. I do. I remember the silent trains. Anyway, <laughs> I also need to send John a video of Bart grinding the tracks outside my apartment at 3 a.m. The Bart shouldn't be going by at 3 a.m. They're supposed to stop running at 1. No, they're grinding the tracks. Maybe. So that, so that means they're smoothing something out. They're not, it's not it's it's possible. Yeah. Because it's obviously the best time for the, yeah, track maintenance. Oh, there you go. Track maintenance. Yeah. Uh, I, sure, that bitch, that's noisier than anything. Speaking of no agenda social, fuck Gargon for making Mastodon with Ruby and not cre- crediting me with reporting a severe denial of service vulnerability that he silently fixed after I reported it. That's getting it out of your oh, system. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, big news here. No Agenda Social is moving to Pleroma as soon as there's a migration tool. Whoa. That's big news. There was no meeting. Adam, exhale your vape faster so you're not commenting on <laughs> clips while you have a frog in your throat. Says the guy doing a drunk donation. Also, L.A. is the worst, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I love our dude's name, Ben. Thank you very much. So let's well, let's talk about this. What is what is? I don't know anything about this pleroma. <clears throat> if you look at the history of Mastodon, it really started with GNU Social, New Social, and you know the the concept of the Fediverse, and so all these different things came in, and just like podcasting, there's you know, who started, who was first, who's important, who's the big Kahuna. And Gargon manages the the GitHub repository for Mastodon, and Pleroma is a break off, uh, a fork, fork. Uh, a fork uh, of people who are pissed off at this guy. It's your typical open source shit. It's it's the same everywhere. It's political. It's you know, and you know, it's, it's stuff like this. The guy says, "Hey, you got a problem with uh, your Ruby on Rails implementation." And it's you know fixed without going through the official process and and I guess crediting uh, Ariner with uh, with having found it. And this is the dude named Ben stuff. I'm, I don't understand that much. It's uh, you know they have their own political uh, sphere. Well, apparently, you're supposed to be credited if you did something good. And believe me, just this announcement moving to Pleroma will will have a th- never ending thread on No Agenda Social, uh, no doubt. Is it good? Probably. Is it bad? Should we do it? Should we? I think all Fed, if as long as it connects to the Fediverse, I'm good with it. And thank you very much for all of your courage, Ariner. The Fediverse. You've got karma. Yes. Yeah, hey, it is the it is the I'm future. Still worried. I'm still trying to get out of the blogoverse. <laughs> the, that's blogosphere. 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 The, uh, that's a quote. <laughs> John C. Dvorak. I'm still trying to get out of the blogosphere. <laughs> Uh, the Fediverse, the, you know, the pub sub activity, pub sub. A, activity pub is a good thing. And I'm, I'm all for it. As long as it federates, do what you want. That's the future. I said it here. Mark it down. Next. 
Rob Van Dyke, otherwise known as $300.11. He's in Holland. Uh, hi, John and Adam. I should be past knighthood Ooh. now. Please knight me, Sir Bob of the Clueless Country. <laughs> the Clueless, that being the Netherlands. That's what uh, he says. I yeah. like it. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for your support. Thank you for Donkey Bell. Uh, Daniel Sens, Sens, uh, parts unknown in uh, 250 bucks. He's a first associate executive producer. And he says something I can't no, read because it's all codes. No, no, no. He's saying, uh, para mañana. Para mañana. Bad hombres. Hombre, bad hombres. Well, I don't see that. Uh, thank you for your courage. Your courage keeps me sane by my long commutes to work. This is what we do. That's what we're for. I request goat karma hmm. as my tenure vote is coming up this week at my university. Oh, oh, he's a professor. Jingles requested whooping with the Constitution, WTC7, Obama, you may die. Okay. And goat karma, of course. Uh, let me see. I haven't played a whooping with the Constitution in a long time. Okay. And he wants WTC7. And what was the final one? You may die. You might die is what it would be. Okay, let's see if we can get this going. Now get out there and whoop Obama's behind. You've got karma. Go power. <laughs> That's Abel Kirby. <laughs> he sent it to me on email. Go power. Nice. <laughs> take good. that, take that, mainstreamers. See if you got a producer who will do that for you. On the fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's something we have uh, in spades. Alex, $223.19 in New Windsor, New York. Uh, we get some new human resource karma. Donation amount is the due date. Ah, 223.19. the great work. Now, the question is, is Alex the, the injector or the carrier? Because it could be either way. It's a it's a it's a, it's a monosex name. It's a mystery, but yes, we are happy to give that to you and let us know when said human resource enters the universe. You've got karma. Uh, night, James Briscoe, Bayshore, New York, two hundred ten dollars. A night, Jim Briscoe here. Cancel my Sling TV subscription. Here's the savings. Thanks. Ought to be better content anyway. Wow. Still loving the show. Not time for it to go just yet. Spotify is lurking, people. Sir Woody of the Falls, $200.72. Uh, dear Honey Cocker and Bindles. Oh, Honey Yoker. Real words, by the way. Sir Woody of the Falls says it's Groundhog Day and this grizzled geezer's 72nd birthday. Damn, I'm old. You keep putting it in my ear and I'll keep donating. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Sir Woody of the Falls. 
<laughs> I can get their voice right. That's pretty good. I like it. And that uh, concludes our group of uh, associate executive producers, executive producers for show 1109. Saved from the grasp of Spotify once again. Thanks to our executive producers and associate executive producers. We like the value for value model. It's been around since before Spotify. Uh, it seems to work out just fine without hundreds of people on payroll. No, instead of that, we have producers who provide value in many ways. And we'd love to thank the ones who do it financially. Uh, just like Hollywood does, with credits at the top of the show, our executive and associate executive producers. Thank you very much. We've got a couple nightings coming up. I'm very excited for that. And uh, another show on Thursday, which will be the last show before 11.11. Please support us at Dvorak.org slash N-A. And you know who to bet on. Get them in now. Goat power for the go. Propagate. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And Abel Kirby says, I should have mentioned I was listening to the show in the shower, jumped out to record this, then jumped back in to rinse off. That's <laughs> I can just dedication. Imagine. <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> hey, honey, what are you doing? I thought you were in the shower. No, I'll be right back. Now, don't worry about it. Yeah, bruh. I just got to just gotta do a little goat power thing. Goat power. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have some great. Great uh, jingles today and end of show mixes. Uh, Sir Chris Wilson is back from one of his uh, digital uh, detox hiatuses. She's going the distance. She's going to lead. She's all alone, all alone in a time of greed. Because she's scheming and memeing, collecting each time. She's fighting and biting, lying all the time. She's going the distance. Yeah, that's right. He's got a whole Hillary mix. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Now, talking about going the distance. So I got just a beginning of Tulsi Gabbard's announcement that she's going to be running for office, which I want to play because (laughs) it's just most it's under the title low energy. Now, wait, is is this the because we played a couple of different things. Which one is this? I don't know. It's one of the ones. Is this the one where? It's it's only the beginning of it because I just it was like it was almost gonna. I by the way, it was just about to knock me out, you know, asleep, and I had to like I struggle to hit the button to stop it recording. Otherwise, I would have conked out, and it could have gone hours. Change we need to see must begin in the White House, because the White House should be a beacon of aloha. (laughs) Respect, love, and compassion for every American. Our nation was founded on the values and principles of putting service before self. Rejecting the rule of kings who prospered from the sacrifices of the people. And forming a new nation founded on the premise that leaders should be motivated not to serve their own interests, but to serve the people. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was one or two shows ago when she did this apology because, you know, she got railroaded immediately for having a conservative stance as a much younger human resource, uh, which her father had about marriage between being between a man and a woman, which Obama had and Hillary had and everyone had it at the time. And so they changed. Yeah, but she's not allowed to change. But they're, they're pulling a different tactic on her. NBC is doing this. 
this is how they definitely will get rid of her headline. Russia's propaganda machine discovers 2020 Democratic candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Experts who track websites and social media linked to Russia have seen stirrings of a possible campaign of support for Hawaii Democrat Tulsi Gabbard. So they're already saying, oh, yeah, no, she's got Russia on her side. I should mention this because you had this. I liked her, too. Until I found out she was a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, and I figured, well, well, what's the point of that? How'd she get on that? I think her cuteness factor makes up for a lot of that. She's very cute. Yeah, I think that makes up for it. But but you said she's a danger. She's going to, you know, she's something to keep an eye on. At the time, John, we're talking four years ago. And you went on, more recently, you said this. No, 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 no. Yeah, more recently before she came, you know, like I'm saying, like a year ago. No. Okay. You love her. Fine. I still like but here, her, but she has zero but chance. The, you're not letting me get to my real point, which is that one of the major Lib Joes who I keep in touch with says, I think Tulsi Gabbard's the way to go. Excellent. So I want you and to. So that's telling me, here's what it tells me. It tells me, a, a, you know, you, a known crackpot, and a Lib Joe both are looking at Tulsi Gabbard as a potential president, this not good. No, 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 no. This is no good. So they're going after her. She's going to get knocked out quick. Yeah. Well, she, I, I don't think they have to do that because she's so dull. Well, if you were but, on, the, if you were a part of the show a couple of weeks ago when I played the uh, apology and said she has absolutely no chance and she's toast, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But the yeah, fact but that, I, but, but no, no, but, no, 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 no. Let me make my point. The fact that your Lib Joe friend said that. I would like you to check in with the Lib Joe after this knowledge, because, you know, this is NBC, so your Lib Joe friend has seen it, and say, hey, what do you think now? Because I would like to hear if the person, well, clearly she's got, uh, because of, you know, the reason why they're doing this is because of her 2017 meeting with uh, Assad in Syria. So they're saying that because she met with Syrian dictator Assad, now Russia is helping her. So I want to see if your Lib Joe picks up on that line of that. bullcrap. He stays mostly on the progressive side of things, and I doubt if he watches NBC. Uh, but we'll see. Oh, and, but I'm, the reason I brought it back up wasn't because you've already dismissed her two or three weeks ago. It's because of the Lib Joe connection. No, I got I had it. to bring that in, which rationalizes why they think she's a threat. Because we have somebody extreme opposites of you and the Lib Joe. Mm. Most of the times you've had the oh, okay. friends. I got you. So like she's a doctor. I they, they got you. you. Right. She, she's a threat because both crackpots on both sides of the scale can get along with her. Yeah. Oh, well, she has to go. She has to go. She's no good. You can't take a chance. She has to and go. You might as well take her out sooner than later. <laughs> so while we're talking about uh, elections and meddling and Russian interference, Our friends up north, we're in Gitmo Nation proper here, in Scandinavia, have announced something very important. They have a plan. They have a protocol. We expect social media platforms to take concrete actions to help safeguard this fall's election by promoting transparency, authenticity, and integrity on their platforms. I have initiated conversations with the social media platforms to identify these actions. As a starting point, we are looking for a commitment from social media companies to implement changes here in Canada that they have already applied in other countries. I am also announcing the Critical Election Incident Public Protocol. 
The protocol establishes a simple, clear, and impartial process to inform Canadians of a threat to the integrity of the 2019 federal election. It is designed to avoid the kind of gridlock that could prevent an effective public announcement. The core responsibility for the protocol resides in a group of senior civil servants. Yes, so they've taken these five old guys, uh, which I think are mentioned in this next clip, and they've given the, they all gave them a badge. And uh, this badge says, at any point when you feel that you need to call something out as fake news, although it's not implied that way in how they're explaining it, you have the authority to go before the Canadian peoples and say, this is fake news. Uh, th- this uh, particular clip they talk about, I think the, uh, the host is talking to this woman who you just heard about uh, the SWAT team of, uh, of, of, of the Ministry of Truth. How, how, what guidance are you giving this, this, the, mm-hmm. this group to say, here's the moment you have to tell Canadians? Is there a, a tipping point? So, I mean, it's going to be context-dependent and context-specific. But- Which I love. I don't know what that means, but it sounds to me like we kind of make up the rules as to when we can do this or when it's important, what we think it is, it's context. What's, what we have said is the threshold needs to be high. It needs to uh, come into question whether the elections will be free and fair for them to be able to inform the Canadian public. It's a group of five, right? You've got the deputy right. ministers of global affairs, public safety, and um, global affairs, public safety, and... I love where she can't remember. Um, uh, the National Security Advisor, the Clerk uh, of the Privy uh, Council, to make sure that they are having a conversation. We don't want a situation where one official is trying to determine whether or not um, they should do it, and the, minister, and the Deputy Minister of Justice, sorry, to really, you know, protect Canada, right, and right, Canadians. Uh, right? And so um, <laughs> they will be looking at, you know, things that have gone on around the world that have called into question other electoral events and thinking about how that applies in the Canadian context. <laughs> Did you understand what she said? No, it's a bull crap. She's just yakking away. And here's what's going to happen. If I was the Russians or I was trying to mess with them, or not even the Russians, some guy in the basement, yeah, I would inundate them with bull crap. Take those Macedonian kids who really hated Hillary that put all his websites up. Just have them crank <laughs> stuff out. So they'd be... They'd be singing, raising the flag so much that nobody would take them seriously. <laughs> the uh, the the obvious question is, you know, will this uh, this uh, team of five be able to invalidate the elections, or what's going to happen? Is there a point where this group or some group could mm-hmm. say there's been so much interference, this election's invalid? Well, I think what's important to note is that whatever Canadians decide, right? And when we, sorry, let's take a step back because one of the things that we can have confidence in is that we have paper ballots here in Canada. So if the ballot box isn't stuffed, if the results aren't tampered with, the election results are valid, right? Mm -hmm. So it's Canadians making the decisions when they go into that ballot box. What this group will be determining is if there's been a disinformation campaign or something that has so altered the discourse that Canadians need to know where this information is coming from, that's what they would be alerting Canadians to. But ultimately, Canadians are going in, marking their ballots, casting their ballots, and making those decisions. Our job is trying to provide them with the tools and the resources necessary to make informed choices. So what I, I, of course, I did research this, and it sounds like a lot of gobbledygook but the idea i from what i understand is this panel will be able to say that news story 
is fake news. They are, so they become the news guard. You know, here we have commercial companies like Publicis, the actual advertising agency running the news guard browser extension to tell you if something's fake or not. You know, they're just doing it to make sure that no ads from their clients run on anything that's controversial. That's why they're behind it. In this case, they're taking it one step further and they're allowing this panel of five to say, that's fake, that's fake news. And that's taking it a little further than we've done. Yeah, this is going to be a fiasco worth following. <laughs> this is exactly what it's I was thinking. fiasco doing. written all over it. It does. Let's see how good, you know, we have high, we hold Canada in high regard here. You know, they've got their, their, yeah. their, their prince. Pretty much in the same regard we hold Venezuela. Oh, well, uh, hold on. In that case. When Maduro comes out to play, we'll send in the CIA. Venezuela is our cash cow. You will lose, so give up now. <laughs> nice. Chris Wilson. <laughs> so democracy now, of course, everybody, all the big major news media excuse me, is all in with, yes, this is the best for it. The, look at these protesters. They go as far as the eye can see. There's half a million of them. They all hate Maduro. They all, everybody's back. So, uh, and that's the one side. But democracy now being the socialist operation that it is, is not buying it. And they're just they're sticking with this guy who is a loser. But they're sticking with this guy and his and his nonsense because, well, you know, the Cubans like him and we want to we, we like the Cubans as socialists. So let's listen to the, how they're handling this thing, because it's a foregone conclusion, I think, unless something weird happens, that Maduro is going to end up get, getting kicked out of there. But this Venezuela report on DN. The U.S.-backed effort to oust Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro is just the first step in the Trump administration's plan let's to stop, reshape let's stop Latin right America. There. It's the U.S. backed after it began. I think the people that argued that this was actually a, a and NBC had a lot of good clips on this, that this was something that was initiated in Venezuela. Now, it could have been started by us, but U.S. backed makes it sound like we're you know, sending troops in. It's just a very poor way of putting it. I don't okay, like well, I don't uh, like hold, hold on. I, I just have to say, yes, it's a U.S. backed plan. Of course it is. It's, it appears it appears to me that the Venezuelan people like our plan. But to, to say that this was not a complete uh, U.S. plan, that this guy is not, you know, the uh, Guaido is not our guy from no, George he Washington looks like University. Obama. He's obviously oh, our guy. Yeah, stop. Listen to this. A military helicopter passed overhead. Listen. But the security forces BBC, kept their distance. Speakers told the crowd this was a moment of history. A moment of hope for Venezuela. Beaming on stage, the man many now look to as a savior, Juan Guaido. Already being called Venezuela's Obama. He's a powerful <laughs> symbol, but an untested leader. I heard that first right here on this show. I heard it from you. Yeah. They're Obama. Okay. So, okay, well, here's their Obama. Anyway, okay, we'll just let it slide one way or the other. But it is U.S. back now. But these guys aren't – what you just heard there is not the same as what Democracy Now! is feeding no, us. No, I, I understand. And it's not feeding us. It's only feeding you, John. It's and, feeding the socialists and the, <laughs> the 10 listeners. I, may, I make it 11. Has AOC ever been on that show? 
Oh, yeah, I think so. Well, I'd, I want to know who was really watching this show. Well, I am because I think they. the reason I watch Democracy Now! because people would say, I never heard of this show. Mm-hmm. It's been on for like 50 years. It is always left-leaning. It's been on for a long time. When we first started doing this, these clips on our show, I was bitching about Amy, you know, a decade ago about how she never combs her hair and she doesn't use any yeah, makeup. The important a, things of television production, as you should. Yeah, well, it was just a commentary on that. It wasn't really, I, in fact, the fact is, they cover a lot of stuff on that show that nobody will touch. I have a couple of examples today. So I, I'm a, I'm a, I use Democracy Now! as a nice buffer. and It's completely the opposite kind of coverage. So this is what we're getting. Right. But let's listen to it. Well, just as a quick aside, I do like that you identified him as Obama, that Obama is, of course, if you look at the whole comparison, Guaido is a U.S. asset, probably CIA what does that Take tell you about Georgetown. Obama? What, yeah, what does that tell you about Obama? The U.S.-backed effort to oust Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro is just the first step in the Trump administration's plan to reshape Latin America with Cuba next on its radar. Whoa! According to the report, the U.S. is planning to announce new measures against Cuba in the coming weeks, including new sanctions and restoring Cuba's designation as a state sponsor of terrorism. The move could seriously hamper foreign investment in Cuba. According to the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. then plans to target Nicaragua. In November, National Security Advisor John Bolton dubbed the three nations the Troika of Tyranny. Huh. Yeah. Nobody else reported on that. The Troika of Tyranny? Yeah, we actually had that. We talked no, about no, it on No, no, I mean, show. they reported on the fact that he's going after Cuba next. Well, that would be, you know, uh, our information refining producers... Uh, send us information about the G2 being in control of Venezuela. G2 is Cuba's intelligence agency. Right. So that would make sense in, in this context. Exactly. Well, this is the part two of this report. In the latest news from Venezuela, opposition leader and self-declared president Juan Guaido said he's reached out to both Russia and China. The two countries are Venezuela's top foreign creditors and have refused to recognize Guaido's claim to be president. This comes as Reuters is reporting the Maduro government plans to sell gold from central bank vaults to the United Arab Emirates for cash as new sanctions from the U.S. threaten to further cripple (laughs) Venezuela's economy. There are also reports the Venezuela owned oil company, Sitco, is considering filing for bankruptcy. On Thursday, hundreds of workers from the state-owned oil company, Pedavesa, marched in Caracas in support of President Maduro. This is Vice President Delcy Rodriguez addressing the march. All masks have been removed from Donald Trump, President of the United States, from his Vice President, the dislocated Mike Pence, from the National Security Advisor John Bolton. All without exception have said they are coming for the oil of Venezuela. And what is our response? Yankee hands off our oil industry. They will not return to govern Venezuela or come to take our oil. Well, he may have a problem on his hands. Uh, because it looks like the visa idea that I told you about, that we had offered visas, American visas, to uh, the Venezuelan uh, army. Yeah. Looks like it worked. Another massive anti-government rally in Venezuela's capital, Caracas, calling on President Nicolas Maduro to resign. They want opposition leader Juan Guaido, who has the backing of the United States, to take over. And now a general from the pro-Maduro military has switched sides. 
I don't recognize the dictatorial authority of Nicolas Maduro, and I recognize lawmaker Juan Guaido as interim president of the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela. 90% of the Bolivarian armed forces are not with the dictator, but with the Venezuelan people. The dictator has every day two planes ready. He should go. Later on Saturday, Maduro promised holding parliamentary elections earlier than planned. Three million Venezuelans have already voted with their feet and fled the country. <laughs> now, uh, I wanted to go back to that clip, I, the second clip from the Democracy Now!, yes. where, the, where the vice president of Venezuela under Maduro was going on, and she mentioned Trump and the dislocated Pence. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. The dislocated Pence? Yeah. Is that in the beginning of the clip? Where is that? It's in the middle of the clip. When, when in the latest news from Venezuela, oh, apocrypsy. Put it up further. On Thursday, hundreds of workers from the state-owned oil company, Pedavesa, marched in Caracas in support of President Maduro. This is Vice President Delcy Rodriguez addressing the march. Was it before this or is it after this? Right there. Let's play it. All masks have been removed from Donald Trump, President of the United States, from his Vice President, the dislocated Mike Pence, from the National huh. Security Advisor, John Bolton. The dislocated? Yeah. I think we're missing some, maybe the translation's a little I weird. the translation meant unhinged. <laughs> Unglued. <laughs> well, I'm sure we have someone in, uh, in the uh, production audience who can uh, hear what the... Uh, what was being yeah, what spoken is this, there. Kind of dislocated. What does that even mean? It's like he's moved out of the executive house that the vice president stays in, or he's, and that he's that living he's in polit- Canada. I politically mean, dislocated. Dis- politically dislocated. Is there a different definition of dislocated other than your shoulder? Or <laughs> I don't, None that I Cause, know of. Because that's kind of where it goes for me. <clears throat> well, we can always... Consult the book of knowledge. So dislocate, disturb the normal arrangement, disturb the organization, disrupt, disorganize, disarrange, derange. Ah, must be deranged. Yeah. Instead of dislocated, meant deranged. The deranged Mike Pence. He hates gays, did you know? Yeah, he does. He wants to do conversion therapy. <laughs> On their oil. And that, of course, was a... Probably some sarcasm there that some somebody sent us a note bitching said, You guys do more sarcasm than anybody. Well with, and, uh, with that voice, yeah, I think he's right. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that is an example mm. what I just did there. Oh, very good. So it's probably I probably he's probably right. Probably right. Yeah. We're just sarcastic douches. All right, let's go for what's another country? A Cameroon update. We haven't done that for Cameroon? a Cameroon? What is... All hell's breaking loose. Oh, jeez. In Cameroon, opposition leader Maurice Camto was arrested as the government cracks down on unrest after last year's disputed presidential election. Camto's lawyer said the arrest was due to opposition protests over the weekend. Security forces reportedly responded to the protests by firing live bullets. Meanwhile, the Committee to Protect Journalists is calling for the release of two journalists who were also arrested while covering an opposition gathering in Cameroon. Huh. Well, there's, yeah. now, there's now 900 dead in the Democratic Republic of Congo. That, and that's not from Ebola. That's just people who are pissed off about the elections. That's still... Very, now, now we don't have much news. These even. elections cause a lot of problems. You know, I'm wondering if maybe the whole idea of the dem- democratization of the world is really just to create these, these murders. <laughs> <laughs> 
all well, the elections are rigged. Well, uh, Spain, be careful. Madrid has seen uh, uh, big protests. Spanish pensioners were on the streets of Madrid on Saturday to demand better public pensions. The protesters say... And by the way, they're all wearing yellow vests. Recent in- well, not all, but a lot of yellow vests showing up here. Increases have been too small and should instead rise at the rate of inflation. They were joined on the march by taxi drivers, who've also been on strike for nearly two weeks. Our parents and our elders are supporting us economically so we can continue this fight to end job instability, the flight of money from our country, and the corrupt politics we've seen over the last 25 years. Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has offered a 6% increase, but pensioners are holding out for more. They've allied themselves to Madrid's taxi drivers, who are on strike in a separate protest over regulation for ride-hailing apps like Uber. And then, Did you hear what they were doing, these taxi guys? No. The taxi guys, they'd take like a, a thousand cat taxi guys, and they'd get on the main freeways. Yeah. And just stop. Abandon a thousand cars there. Nice. Lock lock the doors and close them. Take the keys and walk. <laughs> I I gotta tell you, I I I kind of understand it. It's got to be the same anger I'm feeling with these damn Uber scooters. You know, it's just it's just the, the whole thing is just annoying. Everything about it is annoying. I'm I'm kind of I'm starting to become a real grouch about it. Well, I mean, there were regulations. I mean, they, 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 this is one of those examples. The thing is, it's an attack, you know, it's because they come in and they just do it. That's the problem is if, if, and I admit immigration. Funny you say that because I have a comparison there in a minute, but that's, that's really what is the most irksome is they just drop the service in, drop it on top of a city and say, well, here you go. And then, you know, it's always beg for forgiveness. And then then they leave after everybody's hooked like a drug dealer. It's, you know, it's a very typical Silicon Valley model. And, you know, so now the same thing. Now Austin is talking about 17,000 scooters and bikes in downtown Austin. And last night, Tina and I, for the first time, I, I did this with her. We were walking up the street and there's a scooter, you know, an e-scooter, Parked diet just right across the path of the sidewalk, you know, in, uh, obstructing walking. And so I walk up to it and I take it to the curb and I hurl it into the street and just kept on walking with my girl. And I felt it felt oddly satisfying. Well, good for you. No, I'm, I'm, it's, if I'm doing this, then other people are going to get really yeah, aggressive. You're pretty calm. I'm a pretty calm guy in general. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, in the Netherlands, just like in Belgium, the kids are now um, uh, truants. There was a massive truancy for because, of course, they're saying, hey, those, it's only uh, just, you know, it's an hour and a half away. Hey, the Belgian kids, they got the three weeks off of school. We're going to, yeah, protest climate. <laughs> so they all go out. They're all bundled up protesting global warming <laughs> freezing to death protesting global warming and you know and there's all these reports on the news all in dutch so it doesn't make any sense to play clips but uh, so what do you think uh, you know they asked the principal of a of a huge school system uh yeah uh, it's actually okay for them to you know to to cut class if they're going to protest you know what's happening with the climate and the interviewer said well what if they were to protest uh, migrants no 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 they would not be allowed to go and uh, skip school for that it just shows you what the thinking is in this in this very socialist country. 
And we're uh, in um, week 12, Act 12 of the Yellow Vests in France. You'd think that's all over, nothing happening. Eh, no nothing recording. Could, nah, no report. Well, there's this from Euronews. Another day of protest in Paris for the Yellow Vest demonstrations against President Emmanuel Macron and France's high cost of living. This week, the focus is on a police weapon that fires rubber bullets. It's called the flashball, and a court ruled on Friday that it was legal. But protesters say it's causing them serious injuries. This protester who injured his foot said the police measures were excessive. I'm in contact with a large number of injured people, he said, and I can tell you that they were non-violent. I myself am against all forms of violence on either side, demonstrators and police forces. But let's be realistic, there are many more yellow vest victims than police. Several protesters say they've lost eyes in the demonstrations. I thought it was important that I be here today to tell my story as a victim, because I think I should never have been wounded. I'm not a hooligan. I'm not someone who throws things at the police. Saturday's protest Protests began the 12th weekend of action since the Gilets Jaunes first took to the streets in the middle of November. Yeah, you kind of miss the visuals in this report where you see people with, you know, eye patches because their eyes have been gouged out by these uh, flashballs. Yeah. Getting a flashball to the eye is never a good thing. No. <laughs> and people you have to wear know, goggles. Some people have been blinded. Protests. And, and you know, some people some people have been killed by someone getting hit in the back of the head with doing these flashballs, and it's it's just spreading. Uh, Maastricht in the the very the tippy tippy top of the down of the bottom of uh, the Netherlands, same thing. Yellow vest protesting. It's just it's just not being covered by the mainstream, and therefore, I guess, doesn't kind of exist. Well, it doesn't exist to us. Well, it, do, it does exist to us. You and I, it exists. Well, I mean, this is no agenda. We're yeah. aware of it, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. It, as you pointed out at the beginning of the show, CNN's more concerned about the 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 hat and the meaning <laughs> the, of the hat. The hat, yeah. The hat and Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Oh, this I caught this from, uh, no, one of our producers cut this for us. This is Brian Williams. What's a revelation about this Roger Stone arrest? Uh, Barbara, I have to ask you about a point uh, uh, that uh, Roger Stone made that has been dangling out there all week that is in your bailiwick. He says he was never given his Miranda rights, not Mirandizing uh, someone you are arresting. If it's correct that there were 26 officers on that raid, show up at the front door with a battering ram. They know they've got media in the front yard. Uh, failure to Mirandize would be a big deal. Some people straight up don't believe his... Yeah, so just so everyone understands... Uh... Uh, when you're arrested and when you're going to be uh, interrogated, y- you have the right to remain silent uh, because anything you've heard this, anything say you say can be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If And it is many famous cases where this has not been done. Someone was questioned. They hadn't, their rights had not been explained to them, which I'm still – I think there's still all kinds of weirdness about this actual Mirandizing. Uh, 
but if you're not Mirandized, then you know there are issues if someone wants to take whatever you said in uh, during that time into court and use it, it will be thrown out. Contention. Actually, um, Miranda warnings only kick in if you're going to interrogate a suspect. And so if they didn't Mirandize him and they didn't ask him any questions, that wouldn't be a problem at all. The remedy for failing to Mirandize someone is that their statements to the officers then become inadmissible at trial. So if there was no questioning or interrogation, there would have been no need to Mirandize him. So he may be telling the truth without any problem at all it sounds to me like this was more show than we even thought well the other thing about mirandizing is more than just using what you said against you is that anything that that it that comes out of the arrest where they're not mirandized in other words uh like you do something indicate that in this lock box you may find some incriminating evidence. Wait a minute. So uh, even if they found stuff in his home that they took and he wasn't Mirandized, that's then not not if, properly if, if collect- what collected? what he had said or done gave them a clue to that, to the evidence, yes. Huh. But they had a warrant to search anyway, and oh, so okay. they, they would use that as, well, no, we had a warrant, so we're looking around. Well, you wouldn't have looked here if it wasn't for th- what this guy right. said, right. Okay. and that would get thrown out. Okay, that's more than enough on Roger Stone, I think. Yeah, who cares? I mean, the whole thing is getting more publicity out of this than anything. Yeah. Now, Alex Jones did have something. I don't have a clip of it. But he brought up a point that as as Obama was leaving office, they put through this, like, I don't know, $300 million bill to uh, for the government to go after fake news and uh, – Propaganda from Russia and all this. Yes, that, it, it was that, a yeah, it's a very specific act. Yeah, and it it ended uh, like about two three weeks ago, and the money it was never renewed, the way he puts it. And he says that that money was used by the media yeah, to go says, after it, Trump. It, he says that was that that money went. And I, the timing is interesting. I have it. I think I put it in the last uh, last show notes. I'll look it up. Um, it was a subsidy that went to uh, new media. And his claim and the claim from others is that that the reason why you're seeing firing from BuzzFeed and HuffPo and all these other... Uh, and more recently, Vice... Vice, yeah. Laid off 250 people. Yeah, Vice, to bring it to profitability, they're not even profitable. Well, Vice, you don't need to be profitable if you got, uh, you know, 50, 60 million bucks from the government to spend. Well, I have it here. I know it's actually in 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 these show notes. So we also have Snopes is no longer fact checking for Facebook. I think something something structural happened. Yeah, and uh, I I hadn't heard this from uh, from Infowars, but I did hear about uh, this particular uh, pot of money which expired. Let me see if I can find this. About a month ago. Yeah, and so then all of a sudden, all these uh, all, all these, these guys are getting laid off. And the joke, of course, is all these people are being told to learn to code. <laughs> learn to code. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the most beautiful memes ever. That's fantastic, hey, dude. Hey, laid off journalist, learn to code. That's what you've been telling everybody. Um, through this, I did learn what the uh, what the number one piece of content is on BuzzFeed, and I presume on other outfits like this. It's the quizzes. That's that's where everyone the, all of their traffic comes from the quizzes. You know, like quizzes are a good gimmick. Well, apparently it's as good as the you know the animated gifs in your newsletter. P- 
people love quizzes. You know, they do. So it's stuff like, uh, uh, you know, what, uh, what was this? I'll tell you a couple which, oh, here, here, which, which Jonas brother are you is one of the biggest, uh, most successful oh, ones. God. People love this stuff. And that's really where Bu- BuzzFeed was making their money, or still is, I presume. Yeah. Well, they laid off a lot of people. Yeah, Vice laid off 10% of their workforce. Yeah. <laughs> Learn the code, man. No, you cannot monetize the network. That is my mantra, and I am sticking to it. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. And we do have a few people to thank, uh, starting with Sir Marcellus uh, from, I don't know where he is. He wants stock tips, he says. We don't do stock tips. Yeah, I got a stock tip. Nopia, Nokia. Uh, Nokia is an old stock stock. <laughs> keep tip. your, you keep can't your do, eye on You it. can't legally give stop, stock tips because what happens, you give one and this guy loses money, he can sue you. So oh. don't even think about giving stock tips. Okay, it wasn't. It was just, I'm sorry. So- Sir Marcellus, $165.16. No, there's a whole rigmarole involved with giving stock tips. Okay. And well, it's, it's not, not a, I'm not giving a stock tip. It was, a, it was being um, sarcastic. Ah, you sarcastic bastard. <laughs> uh, you have to read between the lines for stock tips. Dame Elizabeth, Poughkeepsie. Uh, New York, $131. Sir Marcellus is one sixty-five sixteen. Hold on, hold on. She has something to say here. On January 31st, my husband, Sir Big Johnson, we know them all, made a donation that was special to me. For me, show day was not only my birthday, but an exciting job interview for me. For some reason, his note didn't make it to you, so I didn't get his special job karma. But I did get the birthday shout out. Turns out both of us could use job karma as we're both waiting to hear on job propositions. Please help us out. We need your show now more than ever. It's Dame Elizabeth and Sir Big Johnson. They get that right away. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You thought karma. We we break for knights and dames. Uh, Anonymous in San Francisco, $113.33. We're going to put some jog. Job karma at the end of the thing for him because he sees the Google bus going by his house every day and he works for some utility. Wouter cool. uh, Jan Mott. Very good. In Amsterdam, one ten ninety. No jingles. Well, you're not going to get them. Sarah <laughs> Perry uh, sent a note and she's from Hanson, Kentucky, $110. Different Sarah. We have a lot of Sarahs. Uh, but I felt I, I needed to read her note. It's very well, a nice note. Uh, this came in $110.20. I listened to No Agenda 1102 Killer Crickets and was somewhat triggered. Hmm. I'm from Kentucky, not New York. The government, in its infinite wisdom, gave each state 50, not 57, a two-letter identifier. When it first went into effect, a small town in Hopkins County, White Plains, Kentucky, KY, and the bigger city, White Plains, New York, were mixed up a lot. Mm. On a map, Kentucky is between north and south, but for me, I'm southern. The Yankees burned our Hopkins County courthouse (laughs) during the War of Northern Aggression, as the South would say. I think they should apologize for burning down our courthouse, don't you? (laughs) And then they stole your white plains? But no apology. 
And today, some of it are added again with the destruction or removal of our monuments. Is there fear the South will rise again? Yeah. It's sarcasm. <laughs> sarcasm. In closing, I would like to request a health comment for Davis Lerman, who was diagnosed with lymphatic cancer. Oh, well, we don't. Ju- we have a different kind of karma for that. Can I do Thanks. this? Yeah, do yeah of course. Yes. Yeah. You've got karma. John Robinet, $100. Matthew Cole Paracone, 100 uh, He loved this song, uh, the Roger Stone, like a Roger Stone song, which was in the last show. It's quite funny. Yeah. Douglas Engstrom, 100 uh, he says there's a portion of my overtime due to the polar vortex. He's a railroader from Pennsylvania. Go oh, vortex. Go railroads. Yeah, thanks. Baron Latikin, 100. Uh, sir, a dude named Ben, Knight of the Help Desk, 8086. What kind Professor of Professor Anonymous in Fullerton, California, 77.77. Please don't use my name. No. Hold on. I've been listening to your. Yeah, this, I mean, yeah this read a this. Professor. It's, it's interesting. Read this. Yeah, I've been listening to your incredible podcast for less than a year. Working in a California university is welcome respite. It's a welcome respite from the insane liberalism that surrounds me. For now, let's just say this: a lot of what's wrong is academia's fault. We are brainwashing America's youth. First, it was feminism and Marxism, now an almost religious blend of cultural Marxism and identity politics. It poisons everything, and our graduates go on to staff the BuzzFeeds of the world. Oh, my. Much more later. Clearly, this Professor Anonymous has no tenure. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. Well, if he does, then I think it's his duty to stand up and say these things. Oh, no, no. You can lose tenure, you know. Oh. It's not like you're well, setting what kind of What kind of bogus racket is that? I thought tenure, the whole idea is you're tenured and you can speak your mind. And yeah, be you a- think that's like being a fellow at IBM. Yeah. You still <laughs> oh. get fired. <laughs> oh, okay. Paul Van de Cordelar and Imoden. Imoden. Imoden uh, in the Netherlands, 75. Uh, he's gonna be a knight, I guess. Well, let me read this. Only one day until knighthood, but couldn't wait any longer. Your sarcasm piece on Ben Shapiro was excellent. I actually listen to Ben's show often. Yeah, a lot of people do. And we also said that he's not wrong. I couldn't figure out why sometimes I miss out weeks. You nailed it on show 1108. I had the same issue with other podcasts, by the way, but not with no agenda. What a great show the two of you make. One of the last shows of 2018, John said... All we do is talk about the news just a bit more in depth. You were selling yourself short there, John. Although it might feel easy for you after all those years, you're both very skilled in what you do. I can't even remember what my view of the M5M was in 2017, but I seem to be disagreeing a lot more with a lot of people these days. Apart from all the deconstruction you do, the show brings me lots of laughter, sometimes attracting strange looks from people around me. Yeah, that's how it starts. For my knighthood, please knight me... (laughs) Please knight me, sir. Von Cordelar, fish head of the lowlands. Muscles and mayonnaise would be appreciated at the round table. Thanks for all you do. I hope this will be a good donation year. So all you douchebags that are still listening for free, chip in. Can I get some house buying karma as I'm dealing with a difficult, dishonest, cheating realtor? All the best from the lowlands. And yes, Paul will be knighting you in just a few minutes. Looking forward to it. Karma coming up uh, after the whole list. And I'll put the muscles and mayonnaise on the... On deck for the, uh, the list. for the round table right now. 
Sir Phenom comes up next at $70.99 from Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, nice little note. Thank you, John. Uh, Sir Phenom, Jonathan Diggle, $69.69. Uh, he's looking for some jobs. Karma, we'll put that at the end for you. Sir Got Nate in Sebastopol, California, a regular uh, donor, $69.69. Sir Baron Mark Tanner, a twice-monthly donor, six seven eight nine in Whittier, California. Uh, Alex Perkins in Alexandria, Virginia, $6.006. Uh, he wants to donate for the show 11-11, which is also his birthday. We're giving you the birthday call-out today. Mm, yeah. uh, Sir Gabe, $60. Nicholas Oman, $55.55. Alex Gates, $55.45. And another dude named Ben, uh, listening for about six months, finally landed a new job. Open source alternative to Skype. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, Tina had the best line the other day. You know, I had my talking to Mycroft, which is the open source version of a talking to, which is great because, you know, you, you maintain it. It's not spying on you. You keep all the data. And, of course, it sucks a little bit. We know we've tried it on the show. Yeah. So, sucks a lot. And here's what so when I say to Tina, I said, Well, you know, it's it's uh it's a little bit slow and she says, Yeah, it's open source. She's figured it out. She <laughs> has equated open source to wonky, junky stuff that doesn't quite work the way you expect it. Which yeah, is which is, is true. Programmed in the in the fourth F O R T or Lisp Lisp. <laughs> yeah. Lisp is faster. Now it's not what I feel about open source, but to her, a consumer uh, with technical with some uh, just more technical knowledge than most, I understand the equation of wonky crap. <laughs> it was wonky performing stuff. To oh, it's open source. Well, Alex, keep <laughs> us apprised. James McClure, fifty five ten. Uh, by the way, he also commented on the sarcasm com uh, commentary he thought was great. Christopher Retger in Metetetse, Wyoming. There's actually a town named M-E-E-T-E-E-S-E, -E -E -E, like Metetetse, like Metetetse fly. How do you pronounce it? Metetetse? I guess. Or Metetetse. Uh, Sir Tom Dari in DeForest, Wisconsin, 5510. Eric Hochul, back to uh, Unicode. Now I can't see it anymore. That's right. Mullerose, Deutschland. Uh, Greg Miller in Indianapolis, Indiana, 5188. He's a dedouching. Mm, <laughs> You've been dedouched. Sir Loud Pipes, 5008. Hold on, hold on a second. Aren't this Greg Miller? Let me read. This is, I'm this is horrible. No. I requested dedouching. It's been a while since I donated, probably under my old email address. I used to listen with my son, a metal drummer, who was shot and killed delivering Chinese food in 2015. This is horrible. That's terrible. I, and I also like some F cancer karma for my friend and coworker Lara. And he's in the troll room, probably right now as we speak. I'm going to give that. I'm, I'm, I am on a, I'm fighting cancer. You've got... Karma. I'm fighting it. You know, this is the kind of thing that will drive people nuts, which is, I believe, part of random number theory. This is why if you get on a roll at a craps table, you should probably, you know, to put some aside, but start just doubling up and doubling up because you might have a long run. Uh, and that is bad things happen to you or good things. 
But bad things will happen to you in groups of three. This is why this superstition about the three uh, celebrities always dies, three mm-hmm. of them. And it's a, it's a, you know, it could be four, it could be 10, but it's always a grouping. And it really takes a lot of people out of the game because they have a bad thing happen to him. The son death is terrible. And now he's got in that, then his, uh, uh, his co-workers got this issue and it's saddening. And so, the, you know, I would expect to, to try another, try changing something in your pattern of behavior. Yeah, but I don't think you can stop the, the Well, the you know, here's what I think. Oh. I don't believe that's true. It's like, for example, if you're at the craps table and you think there's a roll going on and we're just going to run it. Just get away from the craps table. That will stop it. Here's what I do. When I get a speeding ticket and I only get them once in a while, I change all of my driving behaviors. For at least a month, because I noticed is when I was younger, you'd get a ticket, then you get a ticket the next week, and you get you get bang bang bang, you get three tickets all of a sudden. How many tickets have you? Do you? I've never. I don't think I've gotten a ticket in thirty years. You don't go fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have that swanky uh, Lexus, thirty year old Lexus to to tootle around in. They're probably. Yeah pulling you over just to make sure you, you belong on the road. <laughs> hey, what are you doing driving a crab to Lexus? Hey, we can't track this car. How old is this thing? Yeah, they can't track it. That's, that is the, the absolute sure, that's the feature sure. of the car. It's not trackable. All right, onward. Um, Sir Loud Pipes with 5008. 50, I just mentioned the random donation edition of my is monthly. And now the following people are $50 donors, lame, name and location. Scott Knight in Las Wages, Nevada. Eric Brown in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Sir Under uh, Uncle Cave Bear, or Buddy Uncle, Uncle Cave Bear. He's worked, yeah, thanks he, for working on the Super Bowl. And he, and he did the, the art for the last show. We appreciate that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's on a roll. Wait, he's, Paul, thank, he's thanking us for working on Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. It's so hard for me to work during a major sporting event. <laughs> It is hard for me. I'd rather listen. Believe me, I would what? rather be in the other room, kind of sweating what? my way into becoming one with the couch, listening to nonstop boring analysis. Okay. Oh, we think they're going to do this. Oh, we think they're going to do that. Oh, we think they're going to do this. Let's match up the quarterbacks. I think he's better than that guy. I think he's better than that guy. No, I think he's better than that guy. Opening this clips. Is very easy to work through. Okay, I got a time code. Good. I hate. Super Bowl analysis. God, a two-game analysis is dumb. You've got so many great clips to open the show with. It's just fantastic. <laughs> just do a show with them. <laughs> Paul Eaton, 50. These are all $50 donors. Robert Dreikison, uh, Roy Pingle, Jeremy Cartwright in Rockford, Illinois, Andrew Oxenham in Santa Ana, California. Uh, we got to do another LA meetup. Bradley Ledden, 50 for Parts Unknown. Sir Brian Watson in Raleigh, North Carolina, a regular. Sir Brett Farrell, a regular in Oklahoma City. And last but not least, another regular, Jason Deluzio in Chatsford, Pennsylvania. I want to thank all these folks for supporting us, making the show possible, and contributing to the production of show 1109. Yes, thank you very much. Also, everyone who came in under $50 for anonymity or you're on one of our subscription programs, uh, also wanted to mention that Nicholas Oman wanted jobs karma for his wife. We'll throw that in. Good news from Greg Miller. Well, good news. Um, he was in the chat room. He said the, uh, the gangbanger from Jersey who killed his son has been rotting in jail. So that's some solace just to complete that story. Well, oh, I want to also thank, uh, 
Andrew Jones, the Baron of America's Mountain. Yes. He sent me a huge bag of sorghum, sorghum. flour. Ooh. Uh, from the good slaves of Colorado Springs, he says, once John discovers the best method of preparation, can we get a pairing of mac and cheese with a side of sorghum? Oh, my goodness. For the slaves, That's, not the round table. That sounds good. Not for the round table. <laughs> I'm, I, I think it's, you know, it's, I'm looking into it. It looks like you can just make it a straight one-to-one uh, substitution with wheat and a lot of things. Now, can you make sorghum sourdough with the sourdough, with the sorghum flour? I don't see why not. I'm curious how that would taste. I don't know how it would attack the sorghum. I, sorghum doesn't seem to have a lot of gluten, oh. if any. Oh. And I'm not sure that, the, I don't know if the sourdough is going after the gluten. I don't know what the, pro, what the. You know, I don't, this product, this product, sor, sorghum, should be available at uh, Costco. They should, they should carry this. I would think so. I mean, it's the, what, the number three grain in the world. Except he, no one knows about it here. We won't even eat horse. And a horse is very edible. It's very, very good. Very, tasty, very delicious. Very tasty. I agree. Um, so thank you all very much. Nice showing today. It's highly appreciated. This is our value for value system. And we have many ways for you to contribute. We have our artists. We have people who make clips. We've got a ton of great uh, mixes for today's show. I'll just give you the credits right now. We've got, um, well, uh, Sir Chris uh, Wilson from Australia, Tom Starkweather and his partner, Alex. We've got Gary and you, uh, UK PMX is back, coincidentally with a mac and cheese mix. And um, uh, that would be an audio mix, not a sorghum mix. So that is coming up. Reminder about our meetups. I have to be very diligent because I, my ass is still glowing from the burning I've received from Mimi. Although none of it's my fault, but okay. Uh, and we need to use noagendameetups.com, which apparently is operational. Did you know this was an operational site? Yes, it, it was done by uh, some f- one of the friends of the show. Well, it, it, so it's, I, I didn't know this, but that's where we need to be doing our meetups. And uh, hopefully the following three will be listed there. If not, they should be uh, sometime this weekend. First one is Des Moines, Iowa, February 22nd. Details still being fleshed out. Um, Actually, they found they, uh, Mimi and the guy that's organizing it in Des Moines yeah. uh, got together and they found a brew pub that's perfect. Good. That's uh, Tattinger, I think. Uh, why do, is that Brian? No, yeah, I have to look it up. It's, it's uh, March 2nd, Austin Beer Works in Austin, Texas at 3.33 p.m. <laughs> 33 seconds. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this will be the big one. Uh, I'm look, looking forward to it. And then March 3rd, I don't know if this is on noagendameetups.com, but it has to be DC Girl as far as I know, is the instigator of the, uh, it'll be the Arlington, Virginia, but it's also the Maryland and the overall spook meetup, March 3rd in... Ooh, a spook meetup. Yeah, it's a spook up, spook meetup. A spook up. Cafe Pazilo, P- Pazaiolo in Sherlington. Uh, it'll all be in the show notes, but also make sure you check uh, noagendameetups.com. And I, you know, I, I believe that DC Girl went to George Washington University. Okay, that's different than Georgetown. Now, George Washington University, I think, is also uh, important. Oh, they're probably all spookers. Yeah, well, but I, we love DC girl. She's everywhere. Well, good. We uh, need people like that. <laughs> she's 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 been tracking she, the show to make she, sure we're not going off. She's in the troll the room. She's in the troll room, going, "I did go there. It is a spook university. I I spotted a spook. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, there's probably a lot of spooks there, and she may be one too. Well, we hope so. 
<laughs> yeah, we do. We hope so. Yeah, we're on the good side of the spooks and the dude's name, Ben. We're going to survive the apocalypse, everybody. Somehow. Thank you yeah. again for, for, Unless for contributing. Unless some rogue doesn't like us. <laughs> Remember, uh, we have another show coming up on Thursday. We'd love for you to join in and support us any way you can, particularly if you can do it financially. Go to Dvorak.org slash N-A. Needed Karmas. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! You've got <laughs> karma. And here we go for, oh, I got a new month. It's the 3rd of February, 2019. Two birthdays on the list. We got Sir Woody of the Falls, who turned 72 yesterday. And he still reads the newspaper without his glasses. And Alex Perkins celebrates on the 10th. We say happy birthday to you from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. Two nightings on deck here, so. Ow! Let me get the sword first. There we go. Do you have I your got mine out already? Is that? Oh, I see it. Is is that? Uh, do you keep it under your squeaky chair? Because man, it, if I get one more email or tweet about your squeaky chair, yeah, I kind of like it personally. Well, the more they complain, the more we keep doing it. That's right, and that's why we like Rob Van Dyke, Rob Van Dyke, and Paul Van Cordelaar. Wait, the Dutch Knights are in the house. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your support of the best podcast in the universe. The amount of $1,000 or more. I'm very proud to pronounce the KD with the following titles. Sir Bob of the Clueless Country and Sir Fun Cordelar, Fishhead of the Lowlands. For you, we've got mussels and mayonnaise, cookies and vodka, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, Dr. Pepper and a quick handy, organic macaroni and plasticizers. We got harlots and handle, Ruben S. Ruben and rosé, breast milk and pablum, ginger ale and gerbils, bong hits and bourbon, geishas and sake, and mutton and mead. And I'm sure the Dutch will like that. Nice to have the Dutch nights, Dutch royalty. Yeah, uh, with us today. Time. It is about. Well, we we have a number of them, but it's nice to see these guys joining the round table of our No Agenda Knights and Dames. And if you go to noagendanation.com slash rings, that will take you to a place where you can uh, give Eric Schill your info uh, as well as your ring size. And please tweet out anything you have when you receive it, which would be the ring, the, the signet ring, the sealing wax certificate. And happy to, uh, happy to retweet. And show such. everyone how cool we are. And such. That's all I need to say. Right. And such. Uh, right. Before we didn't do this on the last show, I just wanted to do a quick because of this. I guess now it's it's the the whole um, Roe v. Wade, uh, Virginia, New York uh, abortion bills have been such a contentious, um, just a contentious topic. And everyone has an opinion, but no one just reads the damn law to just say what is and is not. Uh, legal. Um, and the reason I figured we'd do this is Kathy Tran from Virginia, Democrat from Virginia, who wrote the bill, uh, she's kind of doubled down with just, you know, kind of fuzzy language. And I wanted to play that. Hi, I'm Kathy Tran, and I represent the 42nd District in the Virginia House of Delegates. I know women in my family, women in my district, and women across Virginia who've had to make the very personal decision as to whether or not they're going to have an abortion. 
That's why I introduced a bill to repeal the medically unnecessary and unduly burdensome barriers that Virginian women face when they're accessing this health care service in consultation with their doctor. I presented my bill this week and I was really surprised by the line of questioning that I got. This bill had been introduced in the General Assembly in previous years and in fact this session was also introduced in our state Senate. I want to be very clear about what's currently allowed in Virginia law. Right now, women are able to access an abortion in the later stages of pregnancy under certain conditions with the approval of medical doctors. I've done nothing to change that. What I have done is try to make sure that women are able to make these decisions and access these services in a timely manner. Since the bill hearing, I've heard from many women in my district and across Virginia who support my efforts to make sure that politicians don't get between a woman and her health care decisions. I appreciate their support and I will continue to stand with the women in Virginia. Okay. Thank you. So this is fine. Um, so this was ne- the this third trimester, as far as I know, was not law. It has been proposed before and she made a few small changes. Um, I think it's just helpful if we just read what is actually in the proposed bill and then you'll have that information. So you'll know because it's not that hard. It's, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an a legislation analyst, but it, this is just English. It is not difficult. So this is specifically about 18.2-74, when abortion or termination of pregnancy is lawful after the second trimester of pregnancy. So that is after uh, 20, so between 24 and 20 and 40 weeks, uh, which means any time in that period. Uh, it shall be lawful for any physician licensed by the Board of Medicine to practice medicine and surgery to terminate or attempt to terminate a human pregnancy or aid in or aid or assist in the termination of a human pregnancy by performing an abortion or causing a miscarriage on any woman in a stage of pregnancy subsequent to the second trimester, provided that the following conditions are met. So that's pretty simple. Um, If you're a certified doctor, you can do this. If, number one, said operation is performed in a hospital licensed by the Virginia State Department of Health or operated by the Department of Behavioral Health and Development developmental sciences i believe this to be the actual problem in this bill because um this is not necessary in uh, up in the up until the third trimester it can be done in the clinic and hospitals do not want abortions in their uh facilities that's the biggest problem with access to this particular service hospitals don't want the bad pr that's why you've got shitty ass clinics but that's just an aside too the physician certifies, so this is second, um, you had the, this has to be adhered to in order for this to be legal. The physician certifies and enters in the hospital record of the woman that in the physician's medical opinion, based upon the physician's best clinical judgment, the continuation of the pregnancy is likely to result in the death of the woman, impair the mental or physical health of the woman. So uh, I think that the impair the mental health of the woman is uh, an issue for a lot of people because that's open to wide interpretation. Third, measures for life support for the product of such abortion or miscarriage shall be available, which does not mean it has to be available. Legally, shall means it could be. Available and utilized if there's any clearly visible evidence of viability. 
and then finally, before performing any abortion or inducing any miscarriage or terminating a pregnancy, as provided in the, in the aforementioned, the physician shall obtain the informed written consent of the pregnant woman. However, if the woman has been adjudicated incapacitated by any court or competent jurisdiction or the physician knows or has good reason to believe such a woman is inca- in- incapacitated as adjudicated by a court or uh, of competent jurisdiction, then only after permission is given in writing by a parent, guardian, committee, or another person standing in local parents of the woman may the physician perform the abortion. Um, so, yes, uh, to say that uh, no one will do this when the when the woman is dilating may be true, but technically it's possible. And the technical issue that I see is if the physician believes the mother's mental health may be affected by the birth, then this is legal uh, tip, literally up until the child is born. Uh, so that is the factual information. Anything else you hear is just posturing and bullcrap. I have two things to say personally. One, um, you know, Tina and I met through the Ronald McDonald House. Uh, that's where we met, and uh, I've been a supporter of Ronald McDonald House for a long time. Their family rooms, because they have the house and then they have family rooms, the number one use of the family rooms, which are in hospitals where uh, people who typically have children in the... Could you be a little quieter with whatever you're doing? Yeah, sorry. Are you, yeah, you're paging through the law. Okay, I got it. Look at your law books. Um, the number one use of the Ronald McDonald House family rooms is for premature babies born at 24 weeks who survive. So I just want to say for me personally, it's like, wow, 24 weeks, you know, that's a long time to make a decision about an abortion. And I've seen lots, lots of children survive this. What are you doing? It's so loud. It shouldn't be. It's really loud. I'm looking for some paper. Second thing I'd like to say, I hope I hope you're with me. I'm listening. I personally feel that as a parent, you should be able to kill your child up until the, they're 13 or 14 because they can be <laughs> assholes. Ah, sarcasm. Yeah, there's my sarcasm. That guy's right. Yeah. Damn it. So that's all I got. Uh, that's the law and anything else anyone says, any posturing, you know, the physician who, sa- who was, you know, on, I, I'm sorry, the governor who was who now, now he has a whole a bunch of other problems. He no, was, the governor's in trouble. He was a little disingenuous. He was only talking about physical deformities. But yeah, that's the law. That's all there is to it. It's in the show notes. You can print it out. You can take it along. You have, you have, someone has an argument, you say, here's what the law says. That's all you got to do. Everything you hear is just a bunch of dickheads, typically men, by the way, who know it better, including the governor. Well, that doesn't preclude the the woman herself when she gave testimony and pretty much said the baby could be half born and they have to kill it. That's but that's true. Yeah, it's true. It's that's my point. Bill. That's my point. It's it's legal. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't preclude anything. The, what I hate about this, what I really despise is that this is all about politics. It has nothing to do, if you think that your Democrat liberal politicians are out there trying to protect your rights, or if you think that some a-hole Republican politicians are trying to protect babies' rights, it has nothing to do with it. It's about votes. And here's Governor Cuomo of New York just abusing this and abusing women for votes. Kavanaugh 
is going to reverse Roe v. Wade. I have no doubt. No, he's Gorsuch not. is going to reverse Roe v. Wade. I have no doubt. So what do we do? Protect ourselves. Pass a state law that is a prophylactic from the federal action, and that means pass Roe Reproductive Health Act and the Contraceptive Care Act. It's all that it's about. It's just about winning votes. Disgusting. Well, there's that, but I think what he's really doing there, which is kind of ironic, is he's pushing states' rights. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's very yes. ironic because yeah. the Democrats have never been for states' rights. They think everything should be in the hands of the federal government. Yeah, but that's but now your, they're that's going the old, for states' rights. It's a reversal. That's the old Democratic Party. It has nothing to do with this. Well, I still think we mm. should play the 58-second clip. Uh, which one is it? Virginia bill on abortion, where they have the woman who wrote the bill that you just read, mm-hmm. word for word. Mm-hmm. Uh, being grilled by one of the uh, state senators in Virginia. So how late in the third trimester would you be able to to do that? You know, it's very unfortunate that our our physicians, uh, witnesses, were not able to attend today to speak specifically. No, no, I'm talking about your bill. How late late in the third trimester could a a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm Um, talking about the mental health. So, I mean... Through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay. But to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. So um, where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, um, that she is about to give a birth, would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a you know a decision that the doctor... The physician and the woman. I understand that. that I'm asking if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm all for it. I just like it televised. I want it televised. Uh, I want our our executions televised. I want all of this. Killing people should be televised. Let's be honest about it. It's not sarcasm. I've said this for years. Televise it. Let's see if we all like it. I like I like capital. God. I want executions. televised killing the baby. Yes, oh, God. I want televised executions. I want uh, everything should be televised. Why not? It's reality TV. It's the hottest format. Well, it would put the kibosh, which is a word I only use right, rarely, reservedly, <laughs> reservedly, like, like a it rare would put cognac. The kibosh or kibosh, as some people would like to pronounce it. It would put the kibosh on any of these activities because it's gruesome. Yeah, well, I mean, an electrocution. I don't know. Maybe people get. I mean, they used to go to the town halls and watch the the hangings and the and the people getting shot and all the other executions. At least we were led to believe that when they were chopping off heads. Oh yeah. Uh, during the French Revolution, <laughs> we understand yeah. from reports that the huge crowds would gather. And then the knife would come down and chop off somebody's head and the head would go rolling into a bucket and everyone would cheer. So I don't know that it would put a stop to it. No, it wouldn't. It would be. I also feel that we should have live telecasts of how your beef is made, how your chicken is called. All of this is, you know, don't not just one little documentary, a live channel on your on your uh, Alexa. What's that screen thing they've got now or the Google a whole screen? All of that, the Google, the, hole. the Google hole, the Google assistant. You should, you should be able to hey, show me where my, it should be on the carton. 
A QR code. A code. See a code QR. number. And you can see how that particular cow was, was killed. killed. Yeah. See the you know burp, see the electrode going in. Let's so be honest. Let's just be honest. Let's. I mean, some guys butcher them up and then they hold up the steak that you just bought yeah. and say, "Look, there's yeah. the steak you just bought." Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Even the fish you're eating. Yeah. Just show how how they how the hooks in there and they rip the hook out, chop his head off, gut him while he's living. Yes. Why not? If we're going to be right. honest, let's you be honest. You said you want to kill kids until they're 13. So I'm not well, that's as a parent. I think you should be able to kill your own kid. Just, you know, I think that I think kids are some. It's, this one's no good. So here we go. Let's play. Uh, let's get to I just want to get one clip. By, how, are we, how are we for time? Uh, last clip. All right. I've got a clip here on a I think this is underreported story. About the fake school that was used to lure a bunch of uh, douchebags into signing up, but they were all illegal immigrants. Oh, I don't know anything not about reported this. reported by the mainstream media what's at all. Oh, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, of course not, because nobody was reporting <laughs> on it. The fake school underreported, Dean. Details have emerged about how the Department of Homeland Security set up a fake college in Michigan as part of an elaborate sting operation to crack down on immigration violations. <laughs> the website of the University of Farmington claimed to be a nationally accredited business and STEM institution. But in fact, the school did not exist. Earlier this week, eight student recruiters were indicted for conspiring to help foreign citizens enroll in the fake school in an attempt to, uh, for them to remain in the country illegally. In addition, immigration agents have arrested about 130 people who attempted to enroll in the school. Wait a minute. You mean they pulled like a, a, a honeypot like the FBI does with idiot people who they turn into terrorists and these, yeah. these people wanted to actually learn they wanted to go to school and that was the honeypot yeah no that's not cool man that's not well, okay no that's not cool well there was must have been some other element i mean they're not going to go into any details on this on democracy now of course because they never do huh. but it must have been something about it that was the, the lure people, to some yeah people wanted to learn bonus. people wanted to learn and then oh was, yeah you're nailed no. I don't know. No. no, I find that. Uh, there must have been some indicators that this, I don't know. I want oh, to. I have to look into it. No thanks to you. <laughs> You're welcome. Work. All right, everybody. That's it. Now you may now return to your regularly scheduled sport, sport distraction. <laughs> Goat power. Uh, power. I'm coming to you from downtown Austin, Texas, capital of the Drone Star State, FEMA Region 6 on the governmental maps. If you are looking for me in the 5 by 9 Cludio in the common law condo in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I say, go Rams, build a wall. I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Thursday right here. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, adios, mofos. And such. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. Like, this is the war. This is our World War II. Sometimes I, I, I just feel like people aren't uh, being held accountable. Mac and cheese. The world is going to end in 12 12-
years if we don't address climate change. Like, this is the war. This is our World War II. Sometimes I, I, I just feel like people aren't uh, being held accountable. Breaking news, a sitting Democratic governor admitting tonight he is in the photo you're about to see. But I believe then and now that I am not either of the people in that photo. Have at it if you want to go through my yearbook. Yeah, I'm actually interested, you know. It is definitely not me. I can tell by looking at it. I have had friends also look at it and tell me it's not me. Um, Beach Week Ralph Club biggest contributor. What does the word Ralph mean in that? Uh, that probably refers to uh, throwing up. I'm known to have a weak stomach. And I- This was a horrific photo that was on my page with my name, Ralph Northam above. So the vomiting that you reference in the Ralph Club reference um, related to the consumption of alcohol. On my page of the 1984 Eastern Virginia Medical School yearbook. To have at it if you want to go through my yearbook. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually interested, you know. For now, Governor Northern will be kept comfortable. You can be certain of that. He'll be resuscitated if that's what his party desires. It is definitely not me. Either you stand with the forces of freedom or you're in league with Maduro and his mail. When Maduro comes out to play, we'll send in the CIA. Nicky Guido now through the door, swear him in, vote no more. And we let our global sanctions squeeze, billion dollar asset freeze. Until you make a firm decree that guarantees democracy. You don't want another civil war Or us funding a military coup You'll be worse than Mozambique By the end of the week You can see that we know everything Long before it begins Venezuela is our cash cow You will lose, so give up now this is so evil. It's great. It's evil. It's just evil. And yeah, but what's the evil part? Oh, just how the world works. Well, it's nothing new to us, but I, if people really understood, you know, just take a, a random uh, college kid. He said, hey, you know, this is actually how it still kind of works. Where are you from? Uh, BBC. Here's another beauty. I have a feeling it's going to be beautiful. I hope that we're able to get everybody in a very big and beautiful room and do a new treaty that would be much better. And we're going to have that big, beautiful door in the wall. He wrote me beautiful letters. To me, he's not lying dead anymore. What is he beautiful dead? One of the things that we will discuss is the purchase of lots of beautiful military equipment because nobody makes it like the United States. And at the very center of that plan is a giant beautiful, massive, 
the biggest ever in our country, tax cut. It really could be a beautiful bipartisan type of situation. We had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. And I noticed all that beautiful barbed wire going up today. It was a barbed wire used properly can be a beautiful sight. Reluctantly, John Podesta declines. Hillary's going to be running this time. Campaign news flashes, the posters go up. Churning and burning, she's going for Trump. She deftly manoeuvres and muscles her rank. Corporate donations and funding from banks. Reckless and wild, the media forms. The DNC yields, she manoeuvres her pawns. As they speed towards the finish, the opposition goes down. Others give up and they get out of town. The White House is hers, except for one man still slamming and scamming as long as she can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And last election clearly was stolen by Trump. But she's driving, conniving and changing the terms. So she'll be the president of the job for which she still yearns. She's going the distance. She's going to lead. She's all alone, all alone in a time of greed. Because she's scheming and memeing, collecting each time. She's fighting and biting, lying all the time. She's going the distance. The best podcast in the universe. Mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A.